At Coco Talk, we'd like to thank the patrons who sponsor our show, so our heartfelt gratitude goes out to Al Hartman, Alan Huffman, Blair Ledoux, Boaten John, Brendan Donahue, Brian Weasler, D. Bruce Moore, Davey Mitchell, Diego, Patrick Randolph, Dinty, Eric Canales, Frodo NL, Glenn Hewlett, Graham Vemke, Grant Leedy, Henry Strickland, Jason Downs, Ken Riker, Kyle Etter, Malfa, Michael Pitsley, Rick Eulin, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, Paul Thayer, Richard Lorbieski, Jenna Farron, Rob Inman, Alan Murphy, Stephen Wagner, Terry Steen, The Backyard Shed Gang, Tom C., Tom S., Tim Lindner, and Tony C. Thank you ever so much, patrons. Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off color comments were made, we're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. Talk, the only show in the world featuring David Ladd. It's time to grease your weasel <laughs> and do whatever yo pleasel, because we're about to rock your 8-bit world. Welcome, everybody, to episode 189 of Coco Talk. We've got a great show for you. we got a great panel. We're going to talk about everybody's favorite processor to 6502. Come at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. The world premiere debut of the brand new Coco Talk theme song by Dubrus Moore. What'd you guys think? I like it. Oh, cool. yeah. I love the David Ladd reference. <laughs> well, that's a good disclaimer. That's a good disclaimer. David Ladd is here, so decide if yeah. you want to watch the show or not. We have, we have to <laughs> warn warned. everybody. That's right. Start the local uh, recording. Uh, no, I did not, but I can. Um, I'm having some. I don't know if you guys are seeing this here. I'm having some yeah, major um, frame rate drop issues right now. So hopefully the show is going to continue to go on. But my streaming right now is uh, it is what it is. So Mark B, maybe be ready to, to jump over to the hot spare if if we need you to. <clears throat> it uh, is hot. All right. So welcome everybody. <laughs> so what do you guys think? You guys like Bruce's new uh, rendition? Yes. Very awesome. much. Absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. Thumbs up. Tempo. Oh, yes. Very talented, Bruce. I already missed Two the old one. Two thumbs up for me. <laughs> love it. Well, if you miss the old one, you can go watch the old show. And you'll yeah, hear. well, we're not going to completely <laughs> get know. rid of that one, but um, 
we were talking last week. I think I mentioned it to Danny that it would be nice to have some variety and some mixing up some stuff. And then I, Bruce was on mm-hmm. Discord the other night and I said, yeah, it'd be really cool to get some 80s synth. And, you know, and he sent me a couple <laughs> of things this week and then boom. And then this morning I came up with my little blurb at the beginning. What'd you think of my blurb there, Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> the David Ladd part was particularly entertaining. Was... <laughs> <laughs> and that is a true statement. We are the only show in the world featuring David Ladd. So. <laughs> I find that the fresh intro makes up for the stale content. After. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put a positive spin on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so thank you for doing that, Bruce. We're glad you could be here. Um, so, a matter of fact, we're, we're going to go around the panel, but since Bruce is here, and I'm not sure how much time Bruce has, I'm going to start off with my project update right now because I got this wonderful holiday gift sent to me by DeBruce oh. Moore, and that is the uh, the Coco 40th Anniversary Coffee Book. And it is lovely. It is loverly. It is a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> um, thing, right? It's got nice pages. There's a nice kind of pearl finish to the pages. It's got lots of pictures you know, it's a nice, easy-to-read picture book. It's a beautiful thing. Very good quality. Um, very nice. You know, it's just it's it's something that if somebody who never knew what a cocoa was, they could pick it up and look at this and go, oh, wow, that's really interesting. So great job on making this, Bruce, and thank you for sending that to me as an early holiday gift. Um, You're welcome. Much appreciated. So I'm not sure how much time you had, so I wanted to make sure I, I acknowledge this and say thank you for doing that. It that's is great. a wonderful, nice little thing there. So guys, reach out if you want to get one of these from... Mr. Moore. Uh, on the panel today, on the live panel, we've got Mark Bosley's with us. Hello, Mark. How are you? Hello. Pretty good. We've got L. Curtis Boyle. Hello, Curtis. Hello, everyone. We have a man whose name is so nice, we always say it thrice. It is Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Nick Marota. Hello, Nick. Hey, Stevie. Good to see you, man. It is good to see you. Our resident Apple guy, Mark Overholzer, is with us. Hello, Mark. Glad to be here. The first woman on the panel, Danny O'Connor, is here. Thank you for being here, for making history. Danny. Hello, everybody from Down Under. It's good to be here again. Welcome to the Coco Talk locker room. Uh, we've got Rick Eulin with us. Hey, Rick. Howdy from off to one side. There we go. John Lowry is with us. Hello, John. Hey, everybody. We've got, look at the beard on this man here. Ron Delvo. Look at that beard. Hey. You are looking amazing, <laughs> sir. This is from my Coco One TDP 100. Ah, very nice. The multi talented DeBruce Moore is with us. Hello, DeBruce. Greetings. Creator of more media. DeBruce. Yes, he and is John. the, what was the title we gave, we finally gave Bruce? It was Maestro. 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 Maestro of all media for the color computer, DeBruce Moore, collector of many, many things. Brian Weezer's with us. Hello, Brian. Hello. Welcome to the show. We've got Alan Murphy with his furry creature next to him there. We've got Sloopy Malibu, our resident Atari guy. Hello, Sloopy. Atari guy. Atari guy. Atari guy. We've got Brian (laughs) Shubring, the music man. Good afternoon or good morning to you, Brian. Oh, I'm doing fine here. here. Whoa. Yeah. The first guy Whoa. sounded like the guy from uh, Photon. Thank you. Yes, yes. How's everybody doing? We're doing much better now that my ears aren't blasting out of their freaking sockets. But yeah. <laughs> a little bit too hot for you? That was a little too hot. hot. Yeah, that's nice. Not for TV. Yeah. 
Our backup streamer is here, Mark Bosley. Yeah, so right now my streaming is telling me that I am dropping frames like it's nobody's business. So hopefully the live feed, guys, let me know how the live feed's coming through. We may or may not need to switch over. Thank you for being here, Mark. We've got a guy, I wonder how he's feeling right now. David, how are you feeling about today and being on this show today? Why, hello everyone, and I'm here, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. Okay. <laughs> All right, that was a, kind of a subdued David Ladd right there. David must be on the I'm, I'm trying to figure which is more creepy, regular David Ladd or subdued David Ladd? <laughs> yeah, subdued David Ladd. <laughs> Velium David Ladd. <laughs> yes. From down under the thunder, Nicholas Marentes. Good eye, Nick. Uh, good eye, Coco Nuts. Welcome to the program. <laughs> and we've got the Slayer, Paul Thayer, is with us. Hello, Paul. How are you? Hey, hey. Doing well. Okay. So there we have it. We are here. We have named today's show What the Photon, right? Because we've been playing Photon <laughs> this past week. Hopefully we'll be able to talk about that and share all the stories we have there. But... Um, we're going to go ahead and slide right into almost everyone's favorite part of the show. This is the part that we call Updates and Acquisitions, where we get to talk about, hey, did you work on a project this week? Did you get a new find this week? Did anything you want to share? So we'll go around the room, and we'll start with L. Curtis Boyle. Anything that you want to share with the world, Curtis? Um, not today, but I will say that we're going to be doing a preview and question and answer session for Nitrous 9 Ease of Use Beta 6 next show next week. Okay, you guys hear that first. We, um, we are going to have a very special episode of Coco Talk next week showing you the world premiere of Nitrous 9 Ease of Use Beta 6. What's new? New features, new apps, new things. If you're a Nitrous 9 fan, you're going to want to go ahead and set your DVR now. If not then I am sure there's quality content somewhere else you can watch next week. So I'm hoping to have Bill on that show, too. So. Bill Noble. And uh, Nick Marotta, anything new and exciting with you this week? Uh, in the Coco world, no, not a whole lot. Uh, I've been doing some stuff in the PC world, but uh, as far as the Coco is concerned, no. not. Uh, okay. Did you play Photon? Playing, I did play Photon. I oh, stuck okay. at it. Oh, okay. But I like to pick games I suck at to show that I have no bias. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Except Thank with you. Joust. Be honest. Oh, I'm excellent at Joust, though. How and how Qui-Gon just wanted to say Qui-Gon. I you? won the game I prefer. Did you, Curtis? I don't remember. <laughs> Mark, D overholes or anything new with you? Uh, no, sorry. I've been busy with work. All right. Danny <laughs> O'Connor, anything new coming from you? Uh, no new Coco stuff, but I do have something that's very, very closely related because it's part of the Coco Talk show. Um, I can very fancily zoom in here on my uh, little device and switch over here. Ooh. I have a brand new vision switcher, a uh, Blackmagic Atem Mini Pro ISO, which um, basically allows, allows me to switch all my four cameras and still shots and graphics, and I can do green screens and blue screens and special effects, and it's got a Fairlight audio mixer built into it. Um, oh, wow. So, uh, yes, I'm, uh, uh, I can zoom back out here, just pull back out to my shot there. You can see it on the desktop with the preview monitor up here. Um, yeah, and then I can dissolve to a, a different camera angle like that. So, uh, 
it's absolutely fantastic little device. I really love it. It's that is a cool. lot of fun. That is mm. cool. And what we, David Laddie is one of those, so we can see him from all angles. So um, <laughs> very cool. Rick, no, no, no. Rick no. Euland, <laughs> anything new coming from your camp this week? Well, I've been learning to redraw all my old schematics the way the cool kids do, where you don't connect everything with wires. That way you can just drop new chips into a schematic without having to redraw the whole damn thing. And uh, it was probably worth the time, so news soon. Wow. Cool, 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 cool. cool. John Lowry, you've mentioned you've got some stuff to show and tell. You've got a story to tell. I do. Uh, yeah, I was on uh, Facebook Marketplace, and I found a, a guy who was selling a whole bunch of cocoa stuff. So we, we hammered out a price of $100. And uh, so I met up with him yesterday and picked everything up. And first thing up on the thing here is a DC uh, 2212. So what is this? A 1200 bud. Yeah. And the power supply is with it. And this here, I don't know what it is, or I know what it is, but it's not really cocoa related. It's basically just a, I think it's like a really loud bell. You plug your phone into it. It's got a volume switch. And it's, so it's, it's just a for phone ringer extra, for the hearing impaired. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> or at least and you put a ringer where you can't phone uh, drum your phone. Let's see, we've got this here, which is an official uh, Radio Shack uh, cassette, you know, computer cassette. Nice. 31. Which model? CTR uh, something, I'm guessing? Yeah. CCR81. Yes, the one I have. With the wall wart. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, another modem, including its wall wart. This is a DCM3. 300 baud. 300 baud. Wow. I had that one. That's the one you have to manually click to connect to, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's got an answer and originate uh, switch. I had one of them also. That's the one I had, yeah. Yeah. Call I don't even have a phone line in my house anymore. <laughs> I just want to inject one quick uh, comment from the chat yeah. here. Tim Franklin says, give that 1200 baud modem to Steve so we can get a better web connection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, I think this is a, it doesn't say on it, so I'm guessing it's a the first generation uh, disc controller, FD500 or... 3029 or something? Yeah. 3029, that's exactly right. Yeah. Very first one, yeah. Second. Yeah, if you look in the end, you can see it's, it's the posture. Yeah, 3022, that's right. Did they make them smaller after that? That's the one I had, I think. There yeah, are five, smaller ones, yeah. There's yeah, like 500 yeah. ones. Quite a bit smaller. Didn't you have the 12-volt one, then the 5-volt one, then the smaller one? Wouldn't that yeah. the progression? The 3022 30, and the 3029 are 12 volt. Okay, and then here we got, I don't know what this is here. So DB25, uh, let's see, where's my camera at? There it is. With a DIN plug on the other end. So I have no clue what this is for. Do you have a printer or bitbanger port? Bitbanger port. Or bitbanger, to, yeah. To connect to a printer? Oh, I could connect to the older style RS-232, the full 25-pin ones, too. Okay, and then ugh, it only weighs a ton. A floppy drive. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that's worth it. Yeah. 500 bucks worth the time. Is that the Let's silver or the, or the cream? It is a white-cased. White-cased? Should be 40-track, then. 
That's why. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a 40 track. Those uh, full height, right? Sugar drives. Yeah, it's full height. Yeah. Yeah. And then this here, I don't know what it is. Uh, A cartridge, maybe? Or I don't know what it's for. It it could be like a proto board. I got a couple of them here. Well, that one's sure that's Coco. What are you saying, Slippy? Look like They're Atari 2600. 2600. Oh, Atari 2600. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. 2600 cartridges. Yeah, it's yeah. possible. All righty. And, okay, here comes the, oh, a Black Beauty. And it is a beauty. I'm not a fan of these. The, uh, another Black Beauty. Not too. Uh, are these the black uh, handle set. Black Beauties or the old silver ones? Silver. Oh wow, the classic. Oh wait a minute, nice. top one. one silver, one black actually. Ooh. Okay, and this is one of the Walworts for or the Walwart for the DC two twelve. Okay, uh, what else we got going here? Some more cables. Uh, some cassette cables. I'm not gonna waste time on those, but. Got a couple of cassette cables. Okay, and oh, oh nice. Later, Coco one, and it's not Early. centered. It's not That's centered. An one, yeah. It's got the memory badge. One, then. Yeah. What's it say on the badge? It's likely a D or E board. What, what's the uh, badge? Uh, that hurts. Yeah. That hurts Sixty-four. Sixteen. Sixty-four. Yeah, it's kind of. It looks like it. It. It's got some road rash on it or something. Mm. It's hard to hard to tell, yeah. but it's 64K. I have ne- like never straight. saw a 64K badge like that back in the day. No, I didn't either. No, it came the, off the Model 3s. The, yeah. Is there a date yeah, inside the lid? Uh, There's not. That's the same model as mine, but mine had the 16K badge on it. Does that have a service tag on it? Because that looks like the one from the 26, uh, what does that be, the 3001? But then there would be sometimes it's a service badge, and they would replace it with like a three thousand eighteen part number on it on the bottom. Whoops! Um, it's got a. Uh, let's see, it's got a serial number of four thousand three hundred and twenty-three. What's the model above it? Yeah, what's the model above it? Three thousand two. Oh, a two. Yeah. Okay. That would have been okay. like a sixteen K originally, right? And then yeah. this thing has really been Frankenstein'd. Because this is what the inside looks like. Oh, wow, look wow. At that. oh geez. <laughs> There's a circuit yeah, you board. you say oh, wire yeah. mods? Yeah, the top. That's of your where your 64K came from. Right. That that yeah. whole thing there should have an RF shield over the top <laughs> of it there, so it's completely <laughs> unshielded. I think it's video related because there's a switch on the side here. And uh, a couple of RCA jacks. Video. Interesting. I've never seen them like that. And there, there's a toggle switch here. That might be for the inverse video or something. Yeah, I think that's what that's for. One of the YouTubers out there during Septandy had a, a a similar Coco with a similar mod. I and have, I thought I was thinking exactly it was it, it looks you flip like the switch and it inverts the video. My Coco too has the same um things on the, on the bottom, you know, in the tray and it's a uh, composite and sound. Yeah. Well, thank also, you very- I, I don't know if I can get this on here to show you, but there's some serious, like the entire keyboards 
like hand wired to the motherboard. Wow, oh, well. <laughs> it's really, really kind of strange. I wish I could show it. Yeah, we can kind of see. Let it. me see. Yeah, yeah, huh. I can see that. Yeah. Is there is there a yeah. wire going to each individual key? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this PIAs. is. Does it work? Do you know what? I haven't plugged anything in and turned anything on yet, so I don't know if things work. <laughs> um, but I plan on eventually. I'd like to like remove that modification, return it back to standard, and then maybe, who knows? Maybe uh, Coco VGA. Hmm. Well, keep, keep, keep in mind, though, those green wires going to that circuit board is probably your 64K upgrade, so you ought to be a little cautious about what you remove. Okay. Well, that, that'll be definitely a project for later on down the road. Uh, okay, so the last major piece of hardware, and then we'll get into the software. Uh, wow. actually do have for $100. The, but wait, there's more? Is that what you're saying? Yep. <laughs> Cocoa oh, 2. That's the beauty of a Cocoa 2 right there. That's nice. Nice. Okay, 3127B. This real quick. Oh, I just want to mark the sure. time here. 2.21 p.m. I believe the stream is stabilized. We got a green light. Uh, hopefully we're good now with the buffering. Yeah, that is <laughs> they, the might, they might have the T1 chip in it. It's a 3127B. Yep. So if anybody yeah, knows, my, is it 64? T1. Is it going to be 64K? Yeah, it should be 64K. Yeah. Yes. 64K in okay. lowercase, right? Yep. Yeah, probably. And lowercase. Cool. Would it have lowercase? Does it have a Radio Shack badge or Tandy badge on the? Top? Says Radio Shack. Did they have T ones in the Radio Shack ones? I thought it was only in the Tandy ones. I don't know. <laughs> it would. There would be a B after the model number, wouldn't it? It does. Hmm. I, okay. Not, I wasn't aware of the Radio Shack ones having that. A bit of software here. Uh, let's see. Start off with these. We've got a cartridge called Starblaze. Okay. Yep, Greg Zumwalt. I'm not familiar with that game. Another one called Stellar Lifeline. Mm -hmm. D. Bjorks. That's my oh. favorite game. Love that game. Lovely. Okay. <laughs> and what else we got here? Demon Attack, which I am familiar with that game. I used to play that on Atari. Yep, good one. Yep. And uh, Downland. Crikey. Nice. Download cartridge. That's a Version. popular one. Yeah, that's the older 1.0 by the looks of it, so that won't work on a Coco 3. Oh, okay. The, we'll plug oh, really? Though. Yeah. The, the yeah. cartridge won't work on a Coco 3? No. That yeah, they had to patch version. the ROM software. So there's a version 1.1, which has a different label that actually fixes it, so it does. So. Huh, interesting. Okay, and uh, another Steve. Nice, Zach. Oh, there you go. In the, oh, in the blister in the pack, yeah. In the package, it, it, yeah. It's nice. not too yellow, yeah. is it? That's cool. Uh, there's a bit of yellow on the back there. Yeah, not mine's all yellowed. Yeah, very nice. And then from the same guy. Pooyan. Ooh, Pooyan. I've never seen that in a retail package before. Yeah. Nice. That's nice. I, when I saw those, I was like, wow, that's really kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. And then some other odds and ends, like a quick reference card. Yeah, those are nice. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah. The instructions for, like, Starblaze and yeah. uh, Stellar Lifeline. Nice. Uh, another quick reference guide of some sort. Awesome. Rough camera. Extended yeah. basic. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have that one. Okay. I've never seen that one with the green background. And uh, Cave Walker. Instructions oh, for neat. a game called Cave Walker yeah, that I'm not the, unfamiliar with, and kind of a Downland sequel. Instructions for Downland. Nice. Uh, 
No cartridge, but instructions. For Daggerath. For the game of oh, all games. Nice. Oh, no. <laughs> cartridge is missing. Do you have the cartridge? No, I don't. <laughs> Demon attack. That's why I was like, when I saw the, uh, the instructions for it, I was like, oh, I hope that cartridge is in here. But it's not. And then uh, some kind of dot matrix printer printout for something uh, for Greggy term. It's like the yeah, entire it's a program by Greg Miller. Oh, who's wow. actually so that's like the, uh, the, the whole instruction manual printed, huh? Yep. Yeah. It's the entire instruction manual printed on a dot matrix printer. Wow. Which is interesting. It's been a long time since I've seen dot matrix output. And okay. Let's see here. Almost done. I got a, um, let's see about five cassettes. I have no idea what's on them, and a, a five and a quarter inch disc box full of discs, and then uh, the manual uh, for the DC nice. twelve. Uh, That's in good shape. Are they Radio Shack cassettes? They are. Whoop! Hang on. Uh. Oh, Ken Reichard says that Cave Walker was a little bit more family friendly than Street Walker. <laughs> yeah, they're C20s. Four of them. Oh, yep. Nice. Look at those. And then introducing your color computer too. Nice. Yeah. Hello, color computer too. That's nice to meet you. Good shape too. Getting started with ECB. Nice. Yeah, also in great shape. And color basic. Something called Compact. Tandy. Would you say run? Like communication. The compact's a term program that Tandy sold. Not a very good one, but it was one of the earliest ones that you could buy it. And a disk manual. Nice. That's our disk yeah. basic. Disk system manual. Yep. Alrighty. That All is- for actually a hundred bucks, but I wound up giving him a hundred and twenty because he shaved like two hundred miles off my driving. So I told him, I said, Hey, you know, you, you saved me so much money in, in driving and gas. I said I threw another twenty bucks in. That was nice. So for hundred and twenty bucks, that's what I got. That's a lot of good stuff. Nice. It's yeah, interesting. <laughs> One piece of Coco Three Docs got in there. That's the that color basic quick ref. Mm, the green one. Coco Three. Yeah. Okay. Everything else is Coco Two. That's. Yeah, because he only had a Coco One and a Coco Two. His ad said upgraded to Coco Three, but I knew that was that's got to be BS. Now, did like, did you do the obvious thing and tell him about Coco Talk so he can get interested and then? cry because he gave he just sold it all away yeah no see i didn't mention it because i didn't uh, want him to 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 do exactly that yeah it's like oh, oh maybe i'll change my mind about selling it you know and i had just driven yeah. 50 miles so yeah i, I was leaving that. with that stuff if i had to shoot him <laughs> it's like the old story yeah. when they say when, the, when you whenever you meet somebody on craigslist you know it's like well one of us is not walking away from this meeting alive, right? So that's always what you worry about when you meet somebody on a Craigslist deal. Um, very cool. Thanks for sharing there, John Lowry. Great haul. Great pickup there. Very nice. Did, Thank had, you. Prior to this, had you had a lot of physical Coco stuff, or is this like the beginning of a physical collection for you? Uh, no, I do have a currently have a Coco uh, 2 and 3. The Coco 2 has a Coco VGA. Um I have the five, the two meg upgrade and sixty three oh nine for the three that I haven't installed because of with the move and everything everything's just kind of packed up. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I have a Coco two and three that I've purchased in recent times. And then back in the day, I had a full uh, two disc multi pack interface Coco three. 
you know, with a bunch of discs and such that I wound up giving away at one point uh, because I think a I didn't think it was worth anything at the time. Yeah. And uh, B, a friend wanted to get a computer for her kids but couldn't afford it. So I was like, well, you know, it's old and it's ancient, but your kids are like 10, so it won't matter to them. Right. And uh, so I gave it away to, to her so that she could have a computer for her kids. And that was whew, late 90s when I did that. Very cool. Well, thanks for sharing mm-hmm. that. Ron mm-hmm. Del Vo, anything you've been working on this week? Yeah, Paul Barton and I got together and we had a little uh, cocoa thing. And um, I brought in my um, distro controller and we uh, took out the CDOS and uh, my ADOS that I had made in 1995. And he put it on a, he's got a burner, you know. Yeah, EEPROM. EEPROM burner. And he read my uh, chips and saved them off for me, which was nice. And I gave him some chip, a couple of chips to play with. And uh, I saw the gizmo he's working on. And since then, uh, he's made a um, new page uh, on the um, MIC. It's a, um, a 6309 without the E board, okay. uh, single processor. Okay. Board. Single board computer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was cool to see. Okay. And, um, that's about that, and then uh, I I made a um, another um, group for uh, BBSing on the <laughs> oh. cocoa, and y'all can go look at that sometime. And and uh, I've got some BBS. Everybody likes the page. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. It's it, what's cool about specialty page groups is that um, all the data doesn't get lost in the cocoa group. Like, you know, if you have to go find something, you know, about BBSing, you'd have to search for it. Or you just go to the BBS group and take a look. And then same thing with uh, VCC and some of the other stuff that I made. Okay. That's it. Goodbye. Thank you. Very, very cool. <laughs> All right. Brian. Oh, and look. Yeah. Hey, um, you see the three. Um, the three amigos? Yeah. On uh, Coco One. Uh, on Coco One. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Is that in oh, ROM that. or is that just an image viewer? That's a VG6. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very, very cool. Brian Weasler, anything new for you this week or did you take the week off? <laughs> no, I did get a couple <laughs> packages in actually. Um, uh, Terry Steen, when he was on last week and he uh, had mentioned he was selling some systems, um, I did grab one of his, uh, one of his computers. Uh, this was a, a 3004, uh, 26 2004. Uh, model so it was nice okay. and clean yeah so so i like that coco 2 melty keyboard on it too oh melty keyboard, yeah 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 i noticed that he uh, he had that so but it, no, it was just what i wanted to get but then he also had some other uh, uh cartridges that he uh, asked if i was interested in so along with that i also uh, got a a speech sound nice cool and cool, cool. um he also had a uh this is the uh one of the first ones that's 22 22 and also a RS-232 uh, pack. Nice. And then the one that had me jumping up and down like a little kid in the candy store was the Eliminator yeah, wow. by Frank Hong. <clears throat> so I've been wanting to score one of these for a while. Um, I do want to mention, though, I'm trying to find some information on this one. If anybody out there has a manual for the Eliminator... I put a post out on Facebook or on Discord 
uh, please uh, let me know. Uh, I'd love to get a PDF version of it or a scanned version of it. Let's um, see the sides. Um, I, so I will yeah. hunt because I think I do still have my Eliminator manual kicking around somewhere. Um, I got to get this beta of EOU out to the testers first this weekend, but I'll, I'll, that'll be my oh, next yeah. party. Okay, sounds good. Show, yeah, yeah. This us. one here, yeah, this had the Eliminator. So uh, I think Curtis has some comments on his Facebook page or something, or not his Facebook uh, website about this one because uh, it does have uh, two uh, serial ports on it, and it also offered a um, parallel port, and then on the side here you have a uh, drive controller, and if I remember right, I believe it would handle two hard drives and a couple floppies. All at the three same hard time. drives and four floppies, and it needed four a WD thousand and two dash oh five board. Okay, uh, attached to that, that would help control them, and they're all no halt. Can oh, we nice. see the edges of it? There you go. So there's that one, and then here's right. your. Uh, so they're all metal, like uh, pin connectors. And, uh, one thing I was going to point out here, if anybody can kind of look in right about here, you see a really big, thick chip in there. That's our beloved favorite real-time clock. Ah. Yeah. It has a real-time clock. It has an auto-boot ROM. You can jumper which drive it auto-boots off of any of the floppies, any of the hard drives. The two yeah, serial ports are 38.4 kilobaud. They do not have the 6551 bugs in them. It's, it's a beautiful board. We ran our work computer off that for a decade. You still have it? I still have the Eliminator, yeah. Some of the drives have died since, but uh, Bill and I are going to try to do a resurrection of them here sometime in the spring. Very good. Yeah, so I'm very excited about this one here. That was a fun one. And then um, something else I had also posted on Facebook. Um, I uh, There was a listing out on Facebook there that, uh, or not Facebook, excuse me, eBay, that a person had uh, ears cartridge, that ears uh, package by Speech Systems. What did you say? And I can't hear you. had the speed and the ports didn't look right on it but i thought well the price was about right so i went ahead and and purchased it and then when i got it i clearly realized that it was not the uh ears cartridge um but instead it was speech systems but it was their stereo pack that they had uh Mm. sold at one time so uh uh, it didn't have the i'm a little disappointed um it didn't have the the picture on, on eBay had the nice uh, gold label right. yeah. that they, uh, that they off, put yeah. on a lot of their products. Um, but I did uh, fire up Musica and plugged it into uh, my speakers. And, uh, yeah, plays nice sound in stereo. So It's like an Orchestra 90 clone, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. That Except also. it came out before the Orchestra yeah. 90 was ported to the Coco. So. So, but it works, so it wasn't necessarily a total loss. And uh, I certainly didn't pay as much as what the ears cartridges tend to go for on eBay when they do <laughs> pop up. So, yeah. so that was good. And just two more quick items, or one more quick item. Um, we love our uh, our MC10, and so I was able to get a carrying case for it, so I can carry it wherever I want to go. Nice. So a nice little, uh, nice little fake leather uh, uh, Radio Shack. Uh, You'll go case. far, Fletcher. <laughs> You'll go far. <laughs> or you take the MC10 on your land parties. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? I'm, I'm sure you've got a pretty good price on that, so I should probably throw in. With rising entertainment costs, that's a real bargain. <laughs> that's definitely what John yes. Laurie got, so yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's all I have to share today. That's cool. I was looking for the head, shoulders, knees, and toes cartridges, and uh, apparently you, you didn't get eyes, ears, mouth, or nose. But uh, No. No, got, uh, got shorthanded there, I guess. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fantabulous. Uh, how do I get this, Jane, get me off this crazy thing? And we're back. We're back. Thank you, Brian Weasel. We, well, history has been made 
twice. So not only have we had our first woman on the show in uh, Danny O'Connor, but now our second woman in the show in history has just joined us. We've been joined by Allie Cat, Allison Denu, who looks to be muted at the moment. Hello, Allie. Not sure if you're there. You don't go far, Fletcher. (laughs) 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 Perfectly done. (laughs) Thank you for being here and joining us on Zoom. And that was Brian Weasler. Alan Murphy, you working on anything this week? Yeah, I've been working on my uh, game port. Been uh, actually making some progress through it. I got through everything needed to support Coco VGA. So I'm in the process of programming that support right now. Nice, nice. Brian Schubring, you working on anything? You're muted. But, yeah, not working on a microphone. <laughs> Am I coming through okay? Yeah, no, you're, well, you're coming you're a, little, low. a little cold, but it's better than before. Well, how's that? That should be a little bit better. A little better. Good enough. Okay. Not not really working on uh, much of anything, just doing a lot of uh, work for work stuff, but I've been going through stuff, and look at what I found. Hold on one second. I got to zoom in on you. Let me switch my view here. Okay, I see. Okay, it is. Oh, 16K RAM expansion module. Is that for everyone's favorite uh, MC10 system? Yeah, I know I've got an MC10 floating around here somewhere because I had converted for being used in my car way back in the day. And I've Very been just cool. going through stuff, and I've been finding stuff. Ah, uh, math design. <laughs> Pristine. Lost unopened. World Pinball, yes, in the uh, blister packs, all shiny and stuff, yeah. Yeah, checkers and mm. uh, images for the um, stuff. Just stuff that I've been looking for. So I'm looking for the MC10 and whatnot. Okay. I got it around here someplace, but... Check all your windows and doors. It might be holding one of them open. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Otherwise, not too much really going on. Just been uh, dealing with family issues and such and that. So that's kind of uh, taken my uh, time the past couple months. All right. Well, good luck with the family issues. I've got plenty of my own. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we're just going nuts. Ah, trust me. (laughs) Mark Bosley. What you been up to this week? Anything good? Uh, no. All right. Go to work. Get home. <laughs> All right. Jason the Coco Man Riker driving to destinations unknown. We're on project updates and acquisitions. Anything you want to share? Well, I'm still, uh, I'm continuing to uh, get those Joey High Res orders out as quickly as possible. Uh, having to work a little more right now on my real job, so that's, uh, that slowed me down a bit. And, uh, Looks like it was a slow week for Brian Weasler. Right? What was that? That was under a dozen items, wasn't it? Yeah. And and by the way, so Terry Steen still has uh, Coco's on eBay at very reasonable prices. We've got that link, which we'll be posting uh, when we get to the news. I don't know if you want to um, post that ahead of time, Curtis, or if you, if you have it. Um, but yeah, so, but yeah, so Terry has got Coco's at like $50 and, you know, at Coco threes that's starting at $75 and stuff like that. So he is sharing his collection, trying to find good homes for his collection. And he's not asking redonkulous prices for them. Although the bidding war might bring them to the realm of redonkuly. He's not listing them that way. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what the the bids go to. Yeah. So he, 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 uh, he fires them all up to and make sure they're working before they go out the door. Yeah. 
Yeah. So trying to find good homes for Cocos. Uh, yeah. So the, so Jason, you you had mentioned before too. You know, you're getting people reaching out to you, checking on the status of the orders and stuff. And I think this puts us in an interesting situation now because when we're so we are so spoiled. Like I know I am. Like Amazon Prime has just changed expectations. You know, it's like I want something. I click buy now within. 48 hours it's on my front door so that is kind of like set the threshold for what people expect when they order anything now and i guess not everybody realizes edison it's a retro hobby it's being made by a human being it's there's no distribution center here that's in local to you that's got a, sh- a warehouse full of these things uh you know they've had to be made so <laughs> my distribution center i have a shelving unit next to my desk there and i have some boxes and packing tape and bubble wrap that's my distribution center right there yeah cool but, uh, and uh I, I i did i did catch john's acquisitions there also i still think i got him beat with the 50 dollar coco one uh, from hamvention 2019 but, uh, hey jason maybe you should start uh, like a jason maybe you should start like a christmas children's camp where you know the, the electronics they build them for you and then you can like turn around and sell them oh instead of building like wallets <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we call that arts and crafts time. I love it. Well, no, it's electronics. It's electronics camp. It's a makers. It's a makers fair. It's called STEM. Oh, yeah, it's a a maker fair. Maker fair, right? And just have uh, Kathy Lee Gifford be your head of recruiting for that, and that's that's real good. Uh, Make make sure you make sure that you turn up. (laughs) Make sure you turn up the cooling so there is no sweat going on in that shop. Okay, so um. absolutely. AC crank. Oh, you give them a dollar a day or whatever for their work. <laughs> oh. Oh, you got a slice of pizza. That's it. Here, have some chairs and shut up. Now go away, kid. You bother me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your numbers are low. No pepperoni on your pizza. That's it. That's it. Sloopy Malibu. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, you have anything actually, to show us uh, this week? I don't have anything to show you. The other, the big project I'm waiting. I'm uh, actually, uh, board's been ordered, and once the board's in and uh, working, I'm just going to show the whole completed thing. Okay. But um, on a more immediate note, um, I was able to get an RS-232 pack, um, well, shipped to me. Uh, USPS has uh, deemed to lose it between Baltimore and Washington. So hopefully in the next two to three years, I'll get it in my mail. And uh, the other big thing is is the uh, aforementioned uh, eBay auctions you were speaking of, of Terry. Yeah. I, will. Uh, I was the uh, proud winner of one of the uh, Coco Ones. Nice. Um, several of the Coco Ones and Twos are actually, uh, the auctions are ending like around now. So ah, okay. So if anyone wants them, they better go right now and uh, go start bidding. Bye, bye, bye. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bad news is they'll miss the show, but okay. yeah, you're not missing much. Well, we posted the link okay. to that, so hopefully somebody who's looking for a cocoa will get that cocoa. Cool. Yeah. Nick Marone, anything new and exciting in your world? Oh, you asked me already. Did I? 
Since the last time, no, nothing's happened. Okay, well, okay, hold on. Let's, <laughs> I'm going to count to one, two, three. Nick, hey, anything new happened exciting in your world in the past three seconds? Yes, actually, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> this, this, this just in. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's excited to be here, so hopefully he's got something exciting to share with us. David Ladd, have you got anything exciting to share with us today? David Ladd going once, David Ladd going oh, twice. Oh, he'd rather break things. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have my Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Nick Morentes, have you um, have you bought your own private tropical island anywhere with all of your uh, revenue from no. your games? No, no I've got to buy the, uh, the, the, the Learjet first so I can fly, <laughs> fly to the island. So I've got to organize the transportation first. Um, I don't have anything new to uh, announce or show. I will next week, though. So I will have something to show next week that will blow everyone's socks off. Oh, my Hopefully goodness. Hopefully only their socks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that's an important disclaimer to make there. Redbeard, Mr. Paul Thayer, I know you've been working on your game and you're helping with the newsletter. What else you got going on in your world? Um, that's Those are the two things Coco-related. Um I guess my update, I have a small update, Cocoban. I've got um, all of the objects working and everything now updated, stuff, double buffering and everything's working. Um, I got explosions done last night, not 100% satisfied with them, so they got a little tweaking to do. Um, How do your neighbors feel about that? <laughs> uh, they they are silent explosions, so I think they're okay. Oh. <laughs> I have some of those in my underwear several times a day. So. Oh, great. <laughs> You're oversharing again, Stevie. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so it's coming along pretty nicely. Um, and, yeah, so that's the explosions are part of, like, the uh, resetting of the level. Um, and, yeah, and then from there it's some level design and, I'm kind of ahead of schedule, a lot farther than I thought I'd be at this point. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And well, I we, just jinxed it. We saved, yeah, right? we saved the best <laughs> for last, and we're putting you on the spot here, Alley Cat. But uh, anything you've been working on that you want to share with the world? I've got a couple of your video clips ready to show later on. And you're muted. Um, you talking to me? Yes. Anything you want to share? We're doing updates and acquisitions right now. Absolutely. I just got a Creality 3D Pro printer. Okay. And uh, just arrived today. I haven't uh, even taken it out of the box. Does it still have that new printer smell? Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's still got that new printer. Oh, shit, I've got to put this together smell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're, when you say a printer, you're talking about like a 3D printer, not not, not, a, not like a dot matrix, a vintage Yeah, printer. yeah. Ah, and, uh, gotcha. I've got a bed leveling kit coming in a couple of days and then... Uh, uh, three rolls PLA. Okay, very very yeah, cool. Uh, a bunch of I think we cartons. had referred to Allison as a female yes. earlier. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't really matter though. Uh, I mean, you know, you can call me whatever you like as long as you don't call me late to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, David Ladd's back. So, did he have anything? David, to anything you want to share with us? Any any updates acquisitions this week, David? Uh, nothing I'd like to share right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> David Ledsill. Wow. <laughs> so, so I, I showed earlier, but I'll show it again. I have a physical book, which is the DeBruce Moore Anniversary Cocoa Coffee Table Edition Hardbound Book 
complete. And can you zoom of... up your camera there, Stevie, so the stream can see it better? Um, Stevie, yeah. <laughs> the percentage that you're making on the sales of those. Uh, 0. 0.0. Right. Okay. So I have this. This is the coffee table book. It's very nice. Uh, very lovely. Hardbound cool. book. It's it's smaller than I thought it was going to be. Looking at the pictures, because you can see here in my hands, it's it's not a giant book, but it's nice. It's still it's very good quality. The the thing I really like about it is like the pages are a really interesting kind of pearl finish. It's kind of hard to see in the light, but it's it's really interesting. Uh, it's, it's a really nice production here. So that's a physical book that I got this week, but I also got for uh, for nerdgasm fans. I also got the audiobook of Ready Player Two, so I'm not sure who else is listening to this right now with Will Wheaton. Um, so not too many spoilers. Uh, I'm still listening. Uh, the jury's still out on whether or not I love this or not. I don't hate it, but I just kind of feel like I'm waiting for something to happen, and it hasn't happened yet. But I'm listening um, with all due intent, hoping for some really good stuff from Ernest Klein and Will Wheaton. So Don't we heard any mentions of the, the dragon yet? Because I hear the dragon's actually mentioned in it. Well, I haven't got to any mention of the dragon. I'm sorry, what was that, Ali? Uh, you'll never suspect that the butler did it. No, not at all. Not at all. So. Uh, oh, shit. Did I, <laughs> did I spoil it? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I heard, I've heard that the dragon is featured in this. But um, so far, brand names are not really being mentioned too much. And so, you know, it's weird. It's, it's, it's different. It's weird because it kind of picks up literally right after the other one ends and kind of keeps going but so far it's been it's hard to explain but it hasn't like started the way the first book started so i'm just really waiting for it to get into the nuts and bolts and the action part and it's not there yet so um but so i'm not gonna give anything away but i'll give i'll continue to give my opinion as i as i go through it um cool so have we covered updates and acquisitions everybody's gotten everything off of their chest. Yes, yes, yes. Anybody hungry? Uh, I'm good, Ron. Why are you cooking? <laughs> are you taking orders, Ron? Are you going to deliver? Yeah. That burger looks nice. Yeah. Do, you, do you actually put the pickle on the bottom since you're in Australia? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> we take the pickles out. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, how about we do this? We are going to take a commercial break. And then we'll be back with Nick Marota's favorite section, the Game On. Uh, game On Challenge, Game of the Week results. We've got a brand new Coco Thoughts that I believe is game-related. We have got a special promotion on a product that we'll be plugging. We've got a couple of other bonus clips for your viewing and listening pleasure. So we will be back after these words. Ron Delvo, time to go potty if you need to. And we'll be back. In All right. <laughs> Here's a hi-fi bargain from your nearby Radio Shack store. Save $100 on our exclusive realistic 77 AM-FM stereo receiver. Only $159.95 during the sale. With audio component features like FM muting, push-button tape monitor, main remote speaker switching, in a genuine walnut veneer case. The ideal control center for your new music system. The sale-priced realistic 77 receiver. Only at Radio Shack. A Tandy company. Tired of your color computer art input device being low res? Joey has you covered again. Switch between three joysticks or mice. Select the left or right port on your Coco. No more swapping joystick ports. Switch between standard and high resolution mode. Supports the Tandy and the Max high resolution mode. 
Pre-order yours today at CocoMan.biz. The music is back. Roger, I don't need that report tomorrow. That's great, JT. I need it tonight. Oh, JT. Fletcher Lack saved over 300 clams, you dig? When she got her a Model 100 from Radio Shack, like a good little consumer. It's like... A word processor, a phone directory and dialer. You dig, man? It even, like, you know, can groove with your office computer. Fletcher? Fletcher. You'll go far, Fletcher. You'll go far. ESP 8266-01 RS232 TTL Wi-Fi Network 4-pin DIN Fitbanger DB9 PC IP DriveWire 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 Oh, I'm much happier breaking stuff. Hello, I am the speech and sound pack, and you are listening to Coco Talk. And now, Coco Thoughts. By Samuel Gimes. Photon! Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice. Yeah, good book. Get out. You never know where it's gonna go with you. You never feel surprised. I could see there was a blue skull today. Our tank testing got me down. Teleport objects all around. There is no defense to be found. Mind the stoops damage with that sound. <laughs> was a hot mess backed up plasma droids put me in a bind hidden exit way is hard to find time goes on my power bar declined the end of the maze I could not find Photon! 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 Now die! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
that's, oh, that's gold. I think that's Holy my favorite yet. Oh, dear Lord. Dear Thank Lord. you, Samuel. That was awesome. Oh, God, I'm dead. You know, it's funny. People try to guess what parody you're going to do. We were brainstorming all week on this. We come to the conclusion that you just cannot be predicted. You just hey, cannot. He said, <laughs> he said defense. He's my buddy now. <laughs> oh, Ron approved. <laughs> well, before we well, go. Simon Cowell is coming around. Yes. So, so uh, yeah, I was going to say, our, our resident uh, music critic, how did that fare for you, Ron Delbo? Well, his music still sucks, but um, he mentioned defense. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. You mentioned defense. <laughs> yeah. Something Come positive on, man. to say. That's what's known as a backhanded compliment. That well, so here Hopefully we before we get into the results, we have a few more bonus clips to show for you. Number one, um, our sponsors demand um, that this is done right now. So um, this this is this is for a sponsor. This is what pays you the bills, sell folks. Out. Yeah, I'm a sellout. Sell this out. is what pays the bills, folks, but here you go. Had enough of 2020? Well, now you can get the Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Coco Fest Edition digital copy for a buck off until the end of the year. <laughs> but this edition never appeared at Coco Fest. Buck off. Wasn't the original version free? <laughs> buck off. <laughs> Haven't you been pushing this trash for over a year now? Buck off. <laughs> Remember, you've still paid too much. Oh my Shameless. goodness. Shameless. <laughs> my goodness, my goodness. But we got more. We got bonus clips. I've got clips I've been holding on to. And I've been saving these for Rondel Vo because Rondel Vo is a huge fan of the song parody. And um, and we did have, let's say, a few weeks of joust, and we had a week off, so I think we're ready for a little bit more joust. So that's that's the setup to this next clip. <laughs> so enjoy this earworm for your listening pleasure. And Ron Delvo, please feel to chime in with your honest and uh, opinions on this one here. Ah! Whoops! Hold on, wrong clip. What? That's pretty good. Like that one. Coco Hello, Talk. Hello, welcome to Coco Patrons Talk. You've done well. Show. So our heartfelt gratitude goes so out to Stevie. Stevie, I'm glad to be here. How are you? Let Let it run. Brendan Let Donnie, it run. Brian Weaver, Thanks for coming to rehearsal. More. Davey Mitchell, Diego, Patrick Rand. Please stop. <laughs> After all, this is a professional show. <laughs> Cramping in my hand, <laughs> flapping by, floating eyes with the wreath from pants, dragon level. It has me disheveled, bouncing with a land. Oh, my black beauty, my ostrich is a cutie, tiny lancer in my hand. Sing along if you know the words, everybody. <laughs> Survival wave, I barely saved. 
thousand points ahead Bouncing back Flapping flap Dragon's not that bad Stop those eggs from sprouting legs Landing in the drain Islands vanish I can barely manage To keep from flying through the swamp But oh, how it feels so real Flying here no one near, only you, and you can hear me when I say softly, softly, slowly. Everybody sing along. <laughs> Hold me closer, flying dancer. Uh oh. Help the wind the words are on the screen. Sing along. Staying alive, it is a real trip. Hold me closer, fly your oh lord i tell you the amount of talent that goes into this show will never be fully appreciated I like oh. David Lord's comment. May I suggest a group license for AutoTune? A Groupon. A <laughs> Groupon. That's uh, cool. <laughs> great. Barry. And then Eight Bits in the Basement made a comment too earlier. Uh, so if I take a copy of Nightmare Highway, Nightmare, they highway. will give me a buck off. Did I get that right? And then. Ken can make it respond with buck off. Buck off. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, when Ken you... also said a better voice than Gimes, but that bar is so low you'll need a shovel to get over it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so remember, whenever you say Nightmare Highway, you also say Nightmare Highway. There we go. Very cool. That was given to us by Allison. Thank you very much. Nightmare well... Highway! <laughs> <laughs> Talent galore. Nick Morota, are you ready for your favorite part of the show? I am. All right, this is the part where Nick Marota's name is mentioned and he gets to have lots of airtime. So here we go, everybody. High score challenge with Nick Marota. All right, and welcome to another week of results. This week we played Photon with 18 scores submitted. Allison, 160. Mark B, 250. Joshua Craker, 260. Jim Rye, 295. Sheila Craker, 375. Eight Bits in the Basement, 410. Me, 440. 
Rogelio Perea, 465. Just Mike, 1,385. Tom C., 1,580. David Craker, 1,795. David Ladd, 2,860. Tasman, 3,100. Ken Reichard, 3,260. Canadian Retro Things, 3,650. El Curtis Boyle, 4,530. Sloopy Malibu, 4,800. And the number one score this week belongs to Redbeard, Polly T, with 6,635. Nice score. Thank you for your score submissions and another great week of gaming. Hey, Polly T, good for you. Thanks, I got lucky. How you doing? <laughs> good job. Interesting game. I was watching Sloopy play it. He was doing a lot of live uh, sharing on uh, Discord this week. To me, this is a game that I, I think I'd much rather watch other people play than try to play myself. Not quite my cup of tea, but I do appreciate it, and I did want I did enjoy watching Sloopy play it this week. So, good job to all the players this week. Yeah, it's not. It's I was not very good at it. Um, I love puzzle games, but this one I just could not. I, I guess I didn't have the patience. I, I would just plow through the dupes and end up dying. So that's it, not a really good strategy. So I won't be talking strategy in this one. We'll talk to the <laughs> to play the game. But, uh, closer, flying Lancer. Sorry all right, about that. Here, so here, here's the rainbow review. Um, so addictive. Ad addictive arcade action at its best. So obviously they thought this was a good game. It's, it has the mark of a classic game. It's gold is easily understood. Um, okay. Uh, controls are simple. Um, okay. But no. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, the, the, the got a good review in Rainbow. Very so uh, here's gameplay submitted. Thank you for Canadian Retro Things. He uh, he has been doing on his show uh, the game on Game of the Week for the past few weeks, and this week's no exception. So we'll have that playing while we talk about the game. So I think we have the top three scorers all here: uh, Sloopy, Curtis, uh, or uh, Curtis, Sloopy, and Polly T. You guys are all here. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm unqualified, so I'll leave you guys <laughs> to uh, talk about what you thought of the game and strategies and whatnot. So uh, let's start with uh, let's start with um, let's start with Polly T. What how did you uh, how did you achieve your score and what did you what strategies did you find were useful? So and we don't believe you were lucky. I was because level 14. I just happened to get by one night and got up to 18, and that's how that's how I got the score that I did. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is is picking your battles in this game, um, because there's some levels that it's easier to kill the uh, droids on than others. And yeah, you get 75 points I think per droid, <clears throat> um, but there's some that it's just not worth uh, trying to figure it out. It's uh, easier to just kind of fool it, I guess, in a way. Um, so there was a lot of times where, like, there was one level in particular where um there was like four sides surrounding the uh exit and i kind of fooled the droid to go to the other side and then i would sneak in past the dupes and it wouldn't come back in and get me kind of a deal and uh yeah just stuff like that just trying to be simple and sometimes powering through the uh dupes was the way to go sometimes i took the nick marota strategy <laughs> But yours, it was more successful for you, obviously. I, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> my, I was like the 
fifth in the bottom, I think. So, and you know, I was, it, it is important to kill the dupes or the droids because you get the power bars. And I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that I had five power bars going into level fourteen, I probably would have never made it past there. I still don't know how I did it. So, right. yeah, I like can I say said, that I, I, I had five power bars going to level fourteen, and I didn't get past it. So, yeah, this is completely luck. So, do you remember <laughs> what levels you got to then? What level did you make it to, Polly? I made it all the way to 19 last night, but um, when I submitted my score, it was uh, 18. And how about you, Curtis? What level? Did I you made 14. In the past, when I used to play this game more regularly years ago, I actually used to make it up to like 22, 23, I think, when the first time warp thing shows up. But I've totally forgotten some of my strategies. I was trying to relearn them all, and I just didn't have time. So Sucks to get older, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> the reflexes are down. I'm half blind. Uh, yeah. Floopy do, you remember, Floopy, do you remember what level you made it to? Um, 14 or 15, my, uh, major- most of the week I was just trying to figure out how to, uh, kill the droids in the, uh, lower levels easier. And then when I finally wasn't even thinking, I was like, Oh, holy cow, it's Friday. I need to actually do a real, uh, high score run. <laughs> and because I was too busy in the lower levels trying to figure out by the time I got to the upper levels, I didn't have enough practice in them. So I didn't know how to, uh, to solve them at all, let alone killing the droids, and ended up with only 48,000. I spent a half an hour watching Photon go on the screen with the different colors. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool effect. Pretty mesmerizing. <laughs> <laughs> so what did, you three yeah. think of the, what did you three think of the game itself? Like, are you fans I of I like it? this game. I think it's a little bit uh, too hard after... Um, like level 13, just because there's so much debris, you're going to spend so much time trying to figure out what your path is. And there's the photon those guys were talking about, that pink blob, which locks onto you. If you let it get free, it'll lock on you and chase you around. Uh, yeah, it's a plasma through, droid. Plasma it, droid. Won't, it won't go through. Uh, it'll avoid the dupes. Uh, so yeah. it won't try to... Uh, it does have some um, intelligence in terms of where it goes, but it does try to lock on you and, and get you. So yeah. sorry. Uh, so Curtis, what did you think? What do you think of the game? It's it's still my I think my favorite original Coco Three game that's not based on anything else because it's it's a completely original concept and it was briefly ported to the PC. There was a guy who did it uh, without the background music, which I should mention is actually one of the best background music because actually the track changes for every level too. So you're getting a ton of original music. It's got digitized speech and you know a snarky Ludwig, which is an anagram for evil dude. Um, actually, when you get to the end of the game, which I've never done, though I do know some people back in the day did it, there's 62 levels, the 63rd levels where you take on the guy that's taunting you in between every level. And there's, you know, a bunch of other things that happen later on too, but it's, it's, it's actually one of my favorite Coco three games. It's kind of like grabber. Cause it's a multimedia Coco three experience <laughs> yeah. with all the music, the really good sound effects, digitized speech, originality, super smooth graphics. Like I, I really like the game. It is hard. Um, it seems great. to be harder now than it was for me 20 years ago, I have to say, but, uh, uh, again, you know, I practiced old. it a lot then. Oh, you're getting old too. Like I said. Yeah. That's older. another thing too, is the practice levels like that. You can't get past Curtis. When I was on 19 last night, there was like a little red arrow. Do you know what that is? Oh, geez. I'd have to, I have to actually get to play up at that level again to remember. I, I barely remember the time warp. I remember it was a spinning triangle. Yeah, it was a, it was a spinning red triangle that that was in level nineteen, and basically like you that level you it tells you to outrun the plasma droid, and 
yeah, I got screwed in about two seconds. <laughs> He's like dodging that thing. Oh, he got it. Yeah. So good with this, this Canadian retro things. He did. He That's showed off. That's a really cool. Boots. Yeah. Yeah. Sloopy, how about yourself? I, what did you think of it? What did you think of this game? And did you know of it before? I did not know of it before. Um, actually, it's uh, probably one of my favorite games on the Coco because it's like a combination of uh, puzzle and logic games, which are basically my favorite type of games. With some arcade um, stuff thrown in, too. Yeah. It's actually, I think yeah, it's actually, an action puzzle game is how it's defined. Yeah. The genre. yeah any retro things kill both. Well, I had to kill the other one because it was blocking the exit. But yeah, good job. Yeah, but actually, no. I think I got past this level by quickly going in the exit and hoping the plasma droid wouldn't get me. Pulling <laughs> was a little bit easier to be more fun. About the only thing that I didn't like about it was um, when when you're uh, when your back is against the wall, you can't pull an object towards you. Yeah, yeah. Can what did you guys think balls, of the control mechanics? Can the green balls hurt you? Everything know. hurts you. Yeah, everything <laughs> yeah. hurts you. What did you think of the? I mean, what did you guys think of the control mechanics? I can't think of any other way that you would do it. No, the PC version tried a different control mechanic, and it was far worse. Oh my god, it was hard to control. I found pushing was good. I found pulling pulling was difficult. Yeah, yeah. It takes I mean, a bit to get used to. I have to agree. Strategy yeah. though, yeah. you know. Uh, for those of you that use real hardware, did you find that a, like a self-centering joystick was probably the best? Yes. yes. Because Bomb Threat, which is Rick Adams' game, has a pull mechanic, and I find I found his way of doing it was better. Like you didn't have yeah. to be a space way to pull things. You go up to it and then just move back, and it would suck it with you. I wish you would have done that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can kind of understand that too. But then it takes away some of the challenge too. But yeah, I think you know, the game as it currently stands, tough. you need that extra space to pull, and and Rick's you wouldn't. So yeah, yeah. I think it's challenging enough. You know that a mechanic like that, similar to what you're describing, Nick would would probably be better actually. What did you guys use for controllers? Alex. Yep, me too. Sloopy. Keyboard. Okay, so that blue ball is the only thing that can kill the purple blob thing. The, no, all of the dupes can. Yeah. Yeah, all the dupes can. They're all the same. They're, they're mindless. Just they just different. follow the track you lay for them or the. Yep. Now, Curtis, has, you have some doubt, Curtis, to what you said last week about whether the plasma droid actually does. Sorry, whether the dupes actually do get killed. You, you were saying you're not I, sure. I, I seem to remember. Now, I, might, I might be remembering wrong because I, I last played this game regularly back in the late 90s, early 2000s. But I thought if you had the same dupe killed several of the plasma droids, I think it actually disappears after a while. But so I, like the dupes take damage as they... Yeah, through a, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm really enjoying watching this video because I feel like I feel like yeah, I, I kind of get it and I see what they're doing and I enjoy. It. Like, I'd be a good spectator for this game. Yeah, I'm, but, I agree. I had it's a hard time watch. playing pipes. I found pipes to be too mentally challenging for me. So, like mm -hmm. this whole, <laughs> I'm not good with puzzles and mental challenges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I was hoping Frodo would have more time to play it because yeah. he did do one quick gameplay um, on the stream there, and he had the color set wrong because he had to play the Mame. It doesn't work on the Mister. This is one problem we hit this. this week early on is that on the emulators what is it the down and the right are reversed yes and then tim linder um and i was watching kind of as he was doing it we found out that jeff steidel used a trick when he programmed it to use less cpu cycles to sample joysticks you can you want to say what the sets, trick was curtis yeah i was just about to explain it okay please go ahead so basically what he does is he sets up the pia and the mux to read the x-axis which i mean every joystick thing does but then he goes and is 
As soon as he gets it all set up and ready to go, then he immediately tells it to switch over to the y-axis. And then immediately following that, he reads the, the, the value. Now, there's an actual hardware delay when you switch. It takes a few CPU instructions before it switches over. So he did this as a sneak way to not have to put no ops and timing delays. You can actually have actual running code and get out of it faster. So he tells it, switch to the Y, immediately reads it, which is still reading the X because the hardware hasn't had time to switch over yet. And then he you know, grabs that value, saves it out, and then he reads it again. And now it's the Y axis because the hardware has had time to switch over. The problem with the emulators is they consider that this happens instantaneously. So when you switch to the Y, it's reading the Y, so it's flipping it around. And that, that was the problem. So he did a quick hack where he basically cheated and just told the code, you know, down is actually right and right is actually down to get around it. And apparently he's got a patch for MAME itself mm. now to take into account the delay the hardware needs to switch states. So that was, do you, find, do you think that was, a, was that a, a clever hack, do you think? Or do you think it caused... Oh, yeah, very clever hack. I mean, this is like Sockmaster level stuff where you're, you're, you're taking the timing of the hardware into consideration beyond what the specs say. Jeff was a really good programmer. And we yeah, were he did just, Contras, he did GraphExpress, he did this. Yeah, we were just talking about this last week when we had Tim Lindner on about this, about, uh, you know, how certain programs will really find the, the limitations of emulation, you know. And uh, this is one of those examples. So, kind of Canadian retro things said it was impossible to play the Black Beauty. Well, I, I, it was definitely difficult with the Black Beauty because you were constantly having to center your joystick and uh, to pull and that sort of thing. So, I would agree it was definitely Black Beauty was challenging on this one. Yeah, I mean, this game was released late enough uh, that pretty well most people had Coco Threes had deluxes by this point. So. Um, that yeah. level that's being played right now is the one that I was talking about earlier where I just, I go off to the right side and have the droid follow me over there. And then I go back over through the, so I'll go off to that far right side, um, the right lower corner, have him follow me over there. And then I go up and open up the uh, exit and I just go right in. Yeah. yeah you charge through the, the, the middle there and go open. Yeah. Yep. Same, same technique I use. <clears throat> Yeah, Sometimes you just have to do that as opposed to trying to figure out a way to kill it or whatever. Yeah, it, it takes a fair bit of patience to set it up to kill the plasma droid. Not patience I don't really have, I guess. <laughs> it depends on the level. Yeah, some of yeah, it's pretty level, easy. Like that, that one right there, it's not worth it. No. Yeah, that level is a lot easier than what he's doing. But I have to say, game. man, is it satisfying when you do kill one of those buggers? Because when you get to one of these levels <laughs> where you can't, when you finally yeah. get to off them, it's like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a Take very that. beautiful game, and the music is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's four voice. Uh, what did he say in his resume? Five or six kilohertz? Four voice sound with chords and everything? 60 frames per second, rock solid? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good game. And the original concept, like, like, like I said, there's nothing like this on any other platform. There was a PC version that was substandard. It was never an arcade game. It was never on anything else. So it's a, it's a unique Coco 3 game uh, we'll give Canadian retro things a free ad since he mm-hmm. uh, yes since he always uh, provides us gameplay videos oh, yeah great so graphics far, so uh, Canadian too. retro things on YouTube it's a great channel he does other things besides Coco but uh, he does Coco quite a lot yeah and if, if you guys get good at it there's 62 levels plus the 63rd where you defeat the, the guy you're seeing there the guy with the spinning balls around him that's uh, that's your ultimate oh, by the way Tim Lindner said you did a fantastic explanation no thanks, because I was kind of making up as I went along. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you to make it. Did it fiddle any bits in the process? 
Yes, it, it fiddled the mucks. <laughs> Muxed it right up. Buck off. All right. So. One, one thing I wish we, we could do briefly, though, I don't know if you have anything handy for doing that, Nick, but is to actually let it play the sound so people can hear what the music's like, because it's, it's, it's a full multimedia. It's like a, you know, a more modern game where you have full multi-track sound running the whole time. Oh, yeah, I'm not sharing sound right now. So. Heck, is this guy doing? You're very greedy. <laughs> this guy is continuing retro things. Ah. So be nice. Oh, wow. So Raven Wolf just chimed in. Hey, Coco Fanatics. I'm so glad I found this stream. Just bought a great Coco 2 setup from eBay, reliving my childhood from 35 years ago. Oh, fantastic. Glad to hear that, Raven. I wonder if you Welcome, got one of Terry, if you got one of Terry Steens. This is the Game on Challenge you're watching. If you join us on Discord, you can take part in... Uh, in the games, we do a fresh one every week, and yeah. I'll be announcing what the next one is in a few minutes. Very cool. Yeah, I love watching this. I love watching this gameplay. The game itself is kind of mesmerizing to watch, but I know I would get really frustrated if I had to think and try to solve puzzles if I tried to actually play this. So, yeah, I agree with you. I like I like watching it. It's it's very interesting. Well, how far did you get, Nick? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I don't know, level five or six. I don't know. I only got I only had like four hundred. 14. I don't even remember what my score was. Yeah. As I mentioned, I think it's a very on, on low some of the, game. As I mentioned in some of the chats on Discord this week, this is not a game I normally go for scores in. I no. usually see how many levels can I get through. Because you only get what, 25 to hit when you have to hit the exit or something? Like it's very low. Yeah, and the, the plasma droids are 75, I think, like Paulie said. But uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> for me, it's the explore exploration part of it where you get onto that next level. Like you can pick the first 15 levels when you start, so you can kind of see them all. That's one nice thing about it, too, because a lot of games back in the day. You had to earn your way through everything, and if the game's hard, you'll never see the later levels, so you yeah. kind of feel ripped off. This one, you get to play the first 15, but then when you start exploring the levels past that, and you're, you're seeing stuff that you know some people have never seen type thing. Cashman was like that, too, being able to uh, jump to yep. certain yep. zones. We just rank by score for fun, but it's, yeah. it's meaningless. No. Yeah, some games lend themselves more to it than others. Uh, this is one that... Um, it, it, you can go for score. Like, if you're trying to be perfect and kill all the plasma droids, then you'll get a better score. But it's, well, like I'll like be, Paul said, I, I prefer, you know, seeing if I can get on the next level rather than trying to you know, figure out for 15 minutes how to trap the last plasma droid. The first time I saw this game was when, uh, I think, Curtis, you were on Amigo, Amigo's Retro Game and was doing some Coco theme Yeah, Bode, Bode loved it. He loves puzzle games. And he was playing it. He was actually, he got so distracted by the music because he's not used to a Coco being <laughs> generating music. I like guess he's bopping and said, this tune rocks, man. And then he died. But. <laughs> so I thought it was an interesting concept. I never played it before. And I, so I chose it. And, you know, we're due for a Coco 3 game this week. And I thought it was a very, very interesting, pretty looking game. And I thought, mm-hmm. we'll it. So, this is like and then after I picked it, it turned out that some people in chat were saying, oh, I love this game and, you know, great choice. And so, so it worked out really well. Yeah, this game is yeah. like David Ladd level pretty here. So it's. Uh... This, this is a love it or hate it game because some people just don't like puzzle games, just don't like the gameplay. I mean, they admit it looks and sounds awesome. But as far as, you know, the playability goes, you have to like this type of game or obviously you're not going to you know, stick with it type thing. But for those that like that type of game, it's got a lot of extra gameplay because it takes you a long time to figure out the puzzles and how to move things around to to find the exit. Sometimes the exit's completely covered. You have no idea where it is. It was a fairly successful week. We had had 18, actually, no, it was very weird. We had 18 scores. And one of the goals of this segment is to show games that people may not have seen before, and me included. That's why I do ask for requests. If you have a request, Send me a message in Discord. Tell me what your request is. And, and I, oh, by the way, I have I made a stick a pinned post in Discord that shows all the games we've done so far because people have been asking me. So you can uh, I'll now keep that list updated. 
So yeah, if you have a request for a game, Coco 2 or Coco 3 or Dragon, uh, not Dragon, I guess, sorry. Uh, well, I guess you play Dragon next one. No, you can you can pick games that originated in the Dragon that we've gotten ported to the Coco, Coco 3. Yeah. Controls. But if you have a Coco 2 or Coco 3 request a game, please send me a private message and I'll add it to the list. And, uh, and uh, uh, Let me just throw this out there since you mentioned the Dragon. Um, I don't see why we couldn't pick a game that is a dra- quote-unquote Dragon game that we could just play on Xroar. Yeah, you know? we could. I, and, I then, did say and, and while we're going that far, I would like to see an MC10 game or two or three thrown in the mix here, too. And if you don't have an MC10, there's emulators for that, too. And True. As we True. just mentioned, MAME is one of those emulators, but there is a specific MC10 emulator that's Windows only, and then there's yeah. there's MAME. Yeah, so. let's expose ourselves to different games we haven't seen before. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, the Coco family should be involved in the game playing segment, yeah, not just yeah, the Coco uh, Yeah, and, and since, we, since yeah. we feature so many Dragon games on the news, it might be fun to get us all playing one. Because there's a bunch yeah. I've seen that I really liked seeing that I wouldn't mind playing, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, they had a really good original market of the Dragon. I mean, they did a, a lot of, you know, you know port-overs from stuff we had in, in the U.S. and Canada and Australia, for that matter. But uh, not a lot of it until recently has come across the other direction, so... Yeah, maybe we'll throw yeah, we'll throw MC10 games into the mix. Why not? Absolutely. Yeah, basically it would be the Jim Gary special at that gym, point. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Actually, that's not quite true. There's a few others. There's a few like Flag and Bird and a few others that have been ported over there too. So. Yeah. Actually, I have an actual MC10 too. So. Be a, give me an excuse to use it. Right. Yeah, and the, and the MC10 actually has the online one too. So does the Dragon, for that matter. There's the online X4 and there's the online MC10. Yeah, so even if you a, don't have a web-based emulator for the MC10, yeah, yeah. Even if you don't have the emulators pre-installed or can't figure out how to get them set up, you can play it on the web and just go for it. Cool. Uh, so are we ready to move on? I am ready to find out what the game is next week. And for those right. of you wondering, there, I never know. I like to be surprised. So. No, Stevie gets grumpy if I tell him. He likes yep. to be surprised. I like to be genuinely <laughs> surprised. So speaking of requests, the following game is a request uh, given us given to me by David Craker on behalf of his son Joshua Craker. So can anybody guess what this game is? Uh, color car action. Ooh. Color car action. Yes. One of Dave Dye's very first games. So this was game was given. Run. This game was given its uh, the blessing by the author. So actually, Curtis made enhanced uh, uh, optimized versions for 6809 and 6309 that run because uh, the original game was dog slow and it yeah. took away from the <laughs> Dave was just learning. That's one of his early ones. He, he learned more techniques as he went. So Curtis actually made optimized versions, which we will have uh, linked in the... What uh, was the... Um, I'm getting this confused. Was it Demolition Derby that Tandy had on a cartridge? Yep. Okay. Which is similar but not quite the same. Doesn't have the jumping part. Okay, right. This but is the, bump and jump. This is bump arcade. and jump. Yeah, I remember playing the sixty-three hundred nine version of this when you had optimized this. Yeah, I would actually. This is this is right up my alley here. So because it's uh, because of the author gave his blessing for this one, we will have these pinned in the Discord channel, the optimized version. So if you're sixty-eight hundred nine or sixty-three hundred nine, you can find the version. And if you're not and on Discord, they're on the Color Computer Archive too, so you can grab them there as well. 
Here's Curtis's page. Up. Hey, Curtis, look, Buzzard Bait is better than Lancer. Oh, you finally came around. Uh, geez, somebody hacked my site. <laughs> Excellent. Damn Russians. It's about time you came around. <laughs> What's your IP address, Nick? I got to ban that from my site now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just went to the web designer and changed it. Uh, changed Buzzard Bait is better bit. than Lancer. Oh, I don't think Dave Dyes would agree with that statement, to hey, be honest. I'll ask him. Does Buzzard Bait have its own song parody? No, it doesn't. Not. Yeah. Oh, McLeosa, flying Lancer. Just wait till so, next week. <laughs> so thank you, Joshua, for the suggestion this week. This is a game I'm very, I love this game. I'm really looking forward to this one. So uh, that'll be our game for the week. And thank you, everybody, for your submissions this week. Thank you. On, on my site here, I'll just mention too, you can see download the original color card. That's the original unoptimized version, but the link b- below that actually links to the Color Computer Archive, both 6809 and 639 optimized versions. So if you're not on Discord, that's a way to go grab them for you. Okay, not on great. Discord, Shame on you. Get on Discord. Link already exactly. posted to the stream. All right. So thank you guys for another fantastic week of gaming, and we'll see you next week. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Uh, how much gaming news do we have? Do we have a fair amount of gaming news? Uh, not too many. There's eight sets of stories. So, okay. yeah. You well, want to go straight into it? Or uh, do you wanna... well, very briefly, we have another clip to play here. We've got lots of bonus content on today's show. So another clip for you here. One of Ron Delvo's favorite song parodies. We've got another song parody to play for you. Before we get into... Jason Reichard wants to come in from the waiting room. When you put it to a vote, should we let him in? Anyone? Anyone? I've admitted them already. Here's a little song parody for you before we get into Game On News. <laughs> Coming at you on the countdown, number nine. Who can take a P-mode with colors for two? Pause to make a sound for a second or for two. The Tandy Man. The Tandy Man can. Who can buy a rainbow for eight dollars on eBay? In the back, you'll find a how to expand your memory. The Tandy Man. Oh, the Tandy Man can. Because he programs it in basic and makes the programs good. This is this a Jim Gary dedication or what? Hold <laughs> on. All right, let's get ready for some game on news with L. Curtis Boyle. All right, L. Curtis Boyle. Okay. Yeah, seen that? Yes, Cuthbert uh, Dragon. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he's been he's found some more cassette cases. He's got a bunch of new ones there because he was starting to get the ones where he didn't have the original cassettes here. So he's got this week he's got um Mubungli, I think it's pronounced, Cop to Snatch, Grid Runner, which is very loosely based on Centipede, but kind of combines Nick Morenti's Neutroid and Centipede in one game, which is really weird. Uh, Defense, Junior's Revenge, Beam Rider, Space Wreck, Ultrapede, Cosmic Zap, Scarf Man, the original 4K Coco game, and Starman Jones. So I figured I would show. I just want to see Cop to Snatch because it's got Snatch in the title. I know we've seen it before, but the uh, <laughs> the the eight year old to me wants anything that has Snatch in it to be showcased. So. <laughs> Sorry for derailing the train there, folks. <laughs> yeah, that's what Stevie does. Um, just as bad as cop a feel. 
Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I, I thought I'd show you Grid Runner because this is not one that made it to the North American market regularly. And like I said, it's a weird combination of Neutroid and Centipede. So it's All a right, bit let's unique. Check it out. Who can take a cop to snatch? <laughs> I like the music. Salamander Software. Oh, that's my favorite P-Mode colors right there. Oh, yeah, it's very centipede -y, but like on a grid. And you got those things on the grid shooting at you. Which okay, is, is yeah, like there's Neutroid. the Neutroid connection. And who are you? You're that little orange thing in the middle. Ah, okay. Oh, I like the title screen. Grid Runner. Your grid has been zapped. So if Nick Morantes is still here, did, did this inspire you to make Neutroid? Have you ever seen this before? Uh, no, it didn't, but uh, I knew about Grid Runner back then. Uh, it was it, uh, a pretty popular game in the UK. That was a, it was a cross-platform then, I'm presuming? Uh, I'm not sure what, which one it came on first, whether it was a Spectrum game. It was by that uh, Jeff Minter, I think. Oh, right. A, yeah, I think it's a Jeff Minter game. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was a pretty, pretty cool, interesting one there. I'd never really seen before. Is there any other ones you want to see, or should I go on to the next story? Uh, Pogo Joe. Cop the snatch. What's that? Pogo Joe. To semi-graphics. Yeah, oh, we, we showed that, that last week. Last week. It's like a ping. Uh, it's like a Hubert. Oh, you, you'd already fallen right, asleep show, by then, show, Nick. So. Go ahead. Let yeah, I probably did. <laughs> let Nick see it. It's worth seeing it again. It's, it's very impressive. Hey, just for the sleepy people from last week. <laughs> They're like little bouncy spring things. Blinkies. Yeah. yeah, so I had the question I asked last week is that they, they gotten permission from you to do this in semi graphics, Nick, since I think you have the patent on that <laughs> mode at this point. So <laughs> it's good though. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it is. Very colorful too. Yeah. Putting the color in color computer games. <laughs> I think most of the other ones we've seen before, because a lot of the reports, Ultrapede is a, another Centipede clone, actually made by a North American company, but not a very well-known one, and then sold in, uh, Ultra in the P? UK. I don't know if I've seen that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's a fairly basic one, but uh, it's yeah. made by Rainbow Software, which actually was a North American company. I don't know why people use those colors. How about Beam Rider? <laughs> I haven't got a choice. Uh, Beam Rider, I think we... Oh, yeah, right, yeah. That's the uh, yeah, Spectrum Grant Lady just joined us. I w I, you know, they could take a page from um, Polaris and do a P-Mode centipede that mixed up the four colors many times. Yeah. Yeah, I like this game. And I never knew that there was a game called Electric Yo-Yo at the time. I thought this was an original game because I had never seen anything like it. Yeah, I had seen it. I, I, I hadn't played it too much in the arcade, but I had seen it. Yeah, I remember this game. It's a cool game. I like this game. It's yeah. it's fun. For the arcade, though, it was a very original concept. Yeah, I would actually think, I would like to put in my request to have this be in the game on challenge at one point in time. This is a fun game. Oh, can you tell me what the game is called it's again? It's called I'm, Beam Rider. Beam Rider. Beam Rider. Beam Rider? Okay. My Spectral Associates. For Coco? Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, we're looking at it on the Dragon, but yeah. And Dragon. Uh, Originally on the Coco, but then... Uh, Spectral Spectral did a lot of crisis licensing with Microdeal. It has game action sound. Yes, it does. 
<laughs> and lots of different screens too. There's a lot of different you know setup mazes. Yeah, it's fun. All right, it's on the list. There you go. How do we you get a cup? You know how the priority queue works, right, Stevie? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. What are the bribes up to now, Nick? Of... I haven't checked in lately. <laughs> What's Twenty-seven dollars. <laughs> What's a cup? Starman Jones. Starman Jones. Uh, we've shown that one before. Um, ah, I'm oh, yeah, that's one of the again. guys like in his recliner. Yep. The, guy, his, his <laughs> the lazy man's is, defender because you just kind of sit back with your virtual reality yeah, helmet like, and float around shooting stuff. I'd like to save the universe, but I'm only going to do it from the comfort of my easy chair. So as soon as you get a jetpack on that, put me in, coach. <laughs> At least he isn't on the pooper doing poopers. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only jetpack that doesn't burn your butt. <laughs> but he's peeing on things, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it. <laughs> yeah. He's got a good range, though. I got to say, he's got some powerful yeah. musculature there, I think. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. He goes everywhere. But the scrolling is smooth. Yeah. And like I said, he's, he's getting back to the point where he actually has the cassettes so you can actually see the, the UK yeah, artwork, like, which is unique. We never like had that. that. A, lot, a lot of people on Instagram will do things like that with album covers where they'll show like the vinyl on the turntable with the artwork behind that. And that's like a whole Instagram thing. So um, the fact he's doing it with the cassette artwork is pretty cool. Next up, uh, this is starting the Jim Gary segment. So right. he did a version of uh, Star Trek here, which is based on an old HP basic version from 1972. So this For is God's sakes, way Jim. back. <clears throat> so he did a brief That's video the here. Original where he kind of centerline just... engineering version, Mike Mayfield. Sorry, what was that? I'm This is the original centerline engineering version. So this guy was basically in high school and he was talking his way into programming stuff on the HPs. They just let him come in and write games and stuff. He was hoping to form a game company, but then this Star Trek ended up in the HP software collection and on every kind of machine ever. Yeah, there's there's numerous ports of the Cocoa I've played of this. You know, some gussy it up with graphics and stuff, but basically the same game. Warp factor. And all text-based because you had to run on terminals back mm. in 72, so. I remember Wait. playing... This on an ASR teletype back in 73 or 74. I wrote a bunch of games based on this because it was the fun thing I knew at the time. Yeah, I think the earliest machine I remember playing this on would have been the PET, probably about 78, 79, somewhere around there. Anyway, he did a short version here where he just kind of showed, you know, the basic gameplay. And then he decided to do a long play where he actually plays like for 20 minutes or something or just over 20 minutes, so he plays it. I won't show it here, but he plays like a game start to finish type thing. This could and also be a bathroom game. Does Do you do you ever get to make it with the green check in this one? No, that, that ah. I think came in the later VGA <laughs> version. Uh. <laughs> okay, cool. And then Did another I, game, he, oh, go ahead. What is Kiss, right, Captain it's, Kirk? <laughs> it's got a green screen background, so, you know, it lends itself to that, so. That was the game they got me kicked off of the timeshare system in high school, though. What, Star Trek? <laughs> Spend too much time playing this and not writing code. <laughs> said, well, you got to go. 
Yeah, we, we weren't allowed to do that because the pet we had, we had uh, one, no, two Commodore pets for the entire school. So you you had to timeshare the students on it physically. So we you, you only have 10 minutes. You wouldn't be fiddling the games too often. Somebody's standing over your shoulder waiting for you to get done. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know they charged the school by the minute. I'm honest, honest. <laughs> <laughs> so this here, speaking of the Commodore pet, is actually a port from a Commodore pet game from 1979 called Rat Run, where you have to find the cheese in a 3D maze. Ooh. So that's another one that uh, Jim has ported over. Don't talk about cheese. I'm getting hungry. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> Cursor number 13, Rat Run. Setting up maze. Is it visual at least, like like a text graphics maze? Oh, it's actually yeah. semi graphics. Oh, look at that! I remember this game on the Model One. If you don't find the cheese after a while, it starts reciting lines from uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> really? And, and start, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it starts showing you like this fake cheese, and it's like, is this the real cheese or is yeah. it just fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's I didn't random. know that part. Actually, that's with cool. the green on black, this could be <laughs> like funny. a TRS-80 type thing. It's very monochrome. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. very much identical to this here, except the Very white. monochrome. Yeah. Now, I think if I remember, he actually does find the cheese here. Let me see if I can find that. Hi-ho, the dairy Jim finds the cheese. And that bottom, not on the bottom number, I think, is the distance from the cheese, isn't it? Oh, okay. It's not quite. Oh, there it is. There is the cheese. Oop, there it is. Delicious. <laughs> Nothing like picking up a piece of cheese, random piece of cheese off the floor in a maze. Um, <laughs> and calling it delicious. Yes, delicious. <laughs> it does look like a poop emoji, doesn't right. it? Oh, somebody left a perfectly good piece of cheese on the floor. I think I'll eat it. <laughs> they don't have brown. <laughs> it's yellow poop. Uh, oh, there well, it is. Now, the, here's the, the, uh, here's the, the uh, overhead of the maze. Now, what are the red and blues? Were those dead ends or something? Or uh, start, the red and blue is your start position where you found the cheese. Ah, okay. Start and, and then stop. I think it has green dots that signify which hallways you actually went down versus ones oh, you didn't Oh, I want. see. The green dots is the path he took. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So part that, of the maze here. That is pretty cool. That's impressive, actually. Yeah, it's pretty good. Good job, Jim Gary. <laughs> For God's sakes, Jim. He made another game. All right, so... <laughs> I won't show all of this because these are like three-hour streams. Now we've we've de- had Simon WGB on here before because he does Twitch streams and he you know randomly mixes between modern systems and old systems. His first computer I ever had was a Dragon Thirty Two, so he has a special love for that. But he's changing the way he's doing his uh, long-form games because he doesn't do the quick you know five-minute hit of a game. He plays it for like half an hour or an hour, you know, trying to get a decent score. What he's changing now is because he had a lot of people getting confused, especially the youngins. Because they would come in and they'd see him play some PlayStation 4 game. And then the next day they come in, it's like a Dragon or a BBC Micro or something. They were going, what the heck? So now he's going to be doing these in little theme packs. He's going to play the same system for like two or three days in a row, you know, three to four hours per stream, going through some of his favorite games on that particular machine. And then he'll switch. So he's actually going to only do like two systems a week. So starting on Thursday, he started doing Dragon stuff here. And he did one on Thursday, did one on Friday. And he actually was live streaming before our show started today. Uh, so he had another one going on, but he played like in this particular case, he played you know, Manic Miner, Mr. Dig, Cuthbert, and the Golden Chalice. That was three and a half hours of just those. The next day, uh, yesterday, he did Doodlebug, Dungeon Raid, Hunchback, Trapfall, known as Cuthbert in the Jungle in the UK, The Dark Pit, and Cruising, which is one of his favorites. And actually, it's a pretty fun game. You, you commented on that, Steve. That's one of those little green lines you have to fill in the line running around that one thing was chasing you all the time. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like an Amadar type thing or something. Yeah, yeah. Do the outside of the border. Yeah, okay. So I'll just play a brief clip of Manic Miner. 
starring Minor Every Willing. Every version you have to wait for the music to finish before you can start. Just best for some gameplay here. Jump okay. mechanics here because it's a lot Very AGD looking. When you're on that yeah. toilet on the second row, jumping this over. This was cross-platformer too, of course. It's yeah. a lot easier. But it's a friend of the Timberman. Some of the versions. To hit the toilet going along the top if you don't time the jump right. Anyway, he's got six hours of gaming goodness already, and he's doing more today, so he's probably up to like eight or nine now, and wow. then he'll switch off to some other systems for a while. But uh, does yeah, he, he take, picks up some Does he cool take Rondova potty breaks at all during his six to nine hour stream? <laughs> <laughs> I think he has the hose system with the bottle. Or? No, I'm not sure. And I'll play a little bit of the Hunchback game because that's one a lot of people have not seen. Sanctuary. Way back in the um, early eighties. Very old computer. Based on the Tangy Coco computers from the United States. I like kind the font. Of thing. Now fast forward some gameplay. Ah, okay. Kind of platformery. This is kind of a pitfall-ish jungle hunt. <laughs> looking. Yeah, Cuthbert and the Golden Chalice yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know what Cuthbert and the Golden Chalice was. Is it is a... Uh, what the name of the actual game that is is proper? Yeah, it's a pretty difficult game. It's very precise on its timing. So oh, I just thought I'd highlight a couple of the yeah, games that you know, don't get seen too often. Nah. So. But if you want to see long term like long form gameplay of it, then definitely go watch. And he, he like the rest of us gets frustrated with certain games. He'll try it and ah, I'm just not in the mood for this right now, and you know ditches it. But then he plays another game for an hour and a half straight. So very cool. SG okay. twelve. Next up, Paul Shoemaker has a video update on his 3D dungeon crawler he's doing with some of the higher, well, medium semi-graphics uh, modes, but not the standard, you know, 64 by 32 we're used to from BASIC. And it's kind of a dungeon crawl one, but he's got it running pretty quickly in, in 3D, and he's got some, you know, the monster design stuff too, and it actually looks really good. Oh, wow. Man, that's fast. Yeah. Look at that. And you can see the bars on the door. And, and Oh, look at that. Holy crap. You know what's funny? That's really cool. <laughs> I, have, um, I have a mouse pad that has some of those graphics. I, mean, I don't know if you can switch over to mine real quick, but I'm, I'm kind of small right now. But th this must have been the game that he made. I got this at Tandy Assembly. Let me... Let me zoom in on this. But I yeah, that's his Caves of the Unwashed Heathen game he did a while ago in regular semi-graphics. So now he's using yeah, the higher modes with more but, detail. Um, Caves of the Unwashed Heathen. But yeah, these graphics are really good. And so yeah. looking at um, looking at that thing you just showed really reminded me of this. But I got this mouse pad, I think, at the first Tandy Assembly. And I didn't even know what the game was. And I said, oh, that's really cool looking. So I got it. And that's kind of what it's looking like he's doing now. Yeah, so. this this is just a higher res version of that, basically, at this okay. point. But, uh, Sorry and, to interrupt. And some routines just, to speed it up, obviously. I just had an epiphany there, so yeah. I had to share. I, so. made, I made a comment on Paul's uh, page when he posted that video that it's, because he's using semi-graphics, it's it's high enough graphics that you could do the 3D stuff, but it's it's low enough memory usage so that you can it could be lightning fast the way it is. So it's like the, the, the happy medium for doing that sort of 
Yeah. And also you get old nine colors too. Yeah. So yeah. And he's doing like solid filled in walls and things like that. Yeah, it's everybody needs to pay royalties to Nick Morentis for using semi-graphics at this point since he's <laughs> got the patent on that. Well, uh, the funny thing is that Cave is a one washed heathen. Paul wrote that like over a decade ago, so he preceded Nick, so Nick's been stealing from him actually. <laughs> <laughs> Nick is now the king of the SG though. So um now that is so cool looking. Uh, oh look at that. That is so cool, man. You got the dragon. You got the, oh, man. Yeah. It's really looks well good, done. though. Looking forward to that one. Very promising. Yeah, it looks excellent. Yeah. Steve, your 12-year-old's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Steve, you're live. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next up, Erico is uh, wanting to convert an Atari 8-bit game uh, called Rasky Blaster, which I think is using the text mode characters on the atari ascii character set which has you know extended stuff kind of like the ibm one does so he's got a little comparison here where he's kind of just filling the graphics the one on the right is kind of showing what the atari version looks like Uh so you've got your little ship here and the bottom squares here on the bottom scroll scroll from right to left and then you're shooting the other things and dodging bullets and that kind of thing but it's all text character based okay so he's actually you know converting it over to a coco you know semi-graphics color type system okay with some backgrounds and things too. So we just started doing some concept artwork for it. And uh, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that, uh, see how he does. And he was mentioning like enemy spores could pop out of this checkered region. Um, plus, he'll have a scrolling background or backdrop on the bottom there, like a city or whatever, too. So definitely very doable, even in basic. Yeah, that no, looks cool. As soon as I saw some of Paul um, Shoemaker's artwork, it made me think of Erico because he does a lot of... Uh, yeah, he's a semi-graphics yeah, quiz, too. Yeah. Next one, uh, Tricob1974 on YouTube, which is Richard Kelly, who's very active in our Facebook group. He's the one who did that Ladders, Ladder Man 2 that we showed off yes. a few mm-hmm. months ago. <clears throat> so he's got a couple of new videos up here that he's put. The first one is called Binary Adventure, which is an adventure game on the Coco that he wrote. And your mission sounds pretty simple is to destroy a cabin. The catch, you're trapped inside the cabin. <laughs> so you have to figure <laughs> out how to do that. So is it's a text adventure game. And an original one, too. It's not what a do you want to do? I like that prompt. Sip coffee. Yuck, decaffeinated. You can't be bothered to finish this. <laughs> <laughs> A man after my own heart. Yeah. <laughs> he never asked for a second cup in my games. <laughs> <laughs> you are in a cellar. There is a ladder here and hundreds of bottles of vodka. Wow. No, you may not. <laughs> Do you mean accelerant? <laughs> if you're into text adventure games, it's 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 not like a rehash or a port of something. It's nice. a, a brand new original that, yeah. one. So. With a oh, sense of humor, as you've noticed. I thought that said E-O-U for a minute. Read E-O-U. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Didn't even have to ask if you could drink the vodka. No, you can't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> in a large attic with half the floor. And a viper following you around. Anyway, I'm not going to let Nick play that the is thing neat. here. But, That's definitely yeah. neat. Now, the other one here, I don't know too much about this. We may have to get him on the show for this if we can. 
<clears throat> apparently he's starting a digital uh, magazine for the Coco called PGDM, um, which is short for Painfully Generic Disc Magazine, which I thought mm -hmm. was a pretty cool name, um, that he's just starting. Now, he, I'll, I'll run the video here in just a second here, but he basically he's kind of mentioning it's going to be out on December 7th, which is Monday, I believe. Yes, Monday. Uh, so he's basically writing all these software and stuff that's going to be a part of this magazine and then distributing it from what I'm gathering here. So he's showing off two of the programs here. He's got one's a little utility called Easy Directory, and he's actually got it set up. So you type the DOS command and it'll fire it up from there. And then he's got a, it's an animated cover page, uh, which actually looks pretty decent for an animated cover page. So I don't, since it's just under two minutes here, I'll just yeah. play the whole thing. Reading disk sector four, six, eight, note the arrow keys will automatically repeat. Okay, so this is actually showing you what's on the directory. Yeah. So is this kind of like a launcher too? Enter select? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. And then this is the cover program. Now, it says December 7th, 2018, so I'm not sure if he started this back then. Okay. Or if December 7th, they just screwed up the date, and it's supposed to be December right, 7th, 2020. maybe this is when it was released. Who knows? Uh, Retro Rick. That's cool. That was a pretty nice little animation. Yeah, I thought. the font. Cool. I wasn't expecting it to do anything fancy. I thought it was just going to just do the dots around the edge. But. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I, I'm looking forward to see what exactly he's got. This magazine, from my understanding, he's going to have some you know older games and stuff will be included as part of it. Maybe he'll do a write up on it. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe we can actually work with him and maybe, you know, tie it with a game on challenge once in a while so that, you know, he releases the game on that disc and you can get that and play it from there too, if you want to. Very cool. <clears throat> but I wouldn't mind having him on just to find out what I know, have what reached out to him playing. a few times. I think he has a schedule conflict with Saturdays, but um, it's probably worth. Yeah, maybe do a pre-record on a yeah. different day or something yeah. if you can. But yeah, he does a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, his Ladderman game was actually for a basic game. I was quite impressed. That was a That was a decent game and lots of levels to go through. Next up, we have Jeff Plays Donkey Kong Variants. This is Retro Arcade Gaming, which I think I featured like a year or two ago. Uh -huh. <clears throat> what he's done this time is a bit different. Normally what he does is comparison videos between pick a you know, arcade port or a, a, pro, a game of some sort and then compare it between different platforms. Like here, here it is on the Atari, here it is on the Coco, here it is on a PC, et cetera, et cetera. What he's done here is he's taken a theme of doing Donkey Kong Variants. And some of these are arcade-based, some of the ROM hacks that you can get to, you know, spice up the Donkey Kong game using this original arcade hardware. But in this case here, he's doing uh, Donkey Kong 2, which was written by, what's this guy's name? Jeff Kuziki. And then he also does uh, the Donkey Kong Remix and Donkey Kong Spooky Remix. Now, okay. I think we've covered Spooky Remix before because it's the, the remix levels that John Kowalski's AKA Sockmaster did, but with the graphics changed to be Halloween themed. He's also done a Christmas version of this as well. Right. Uh, but the other one he did was Donkey Kong Remix, and he actually does the Coco version, not the arcade ROM hack. Okay. So he kind of goes into a little bit of the history of the. Cool. Uh, the I've never seen Donkey Kong 2. Yeah, that's uh, actually it's by unofficial, else. right? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the ROM hack boards. A lot of people sell these, you know, ROM update boards yeah, for their yeah. arcade cabinets. So, did you want me to play a little bit of that? Yeah, or you you want me to... Sure, if you want to play a clip of that. Yeah, I found that interesting First, when I was watching that thing on Donkey Netflix, the uh, series that 
Miss Pac-Man was a third-party ROM hack. Yeah, that was a hack they, of Pac-Man yeah, yeah. that they bought. Yeah. It was yeah. originally developed for the TRS-80 Color Computer 3 by John Kowalski. John was actually Fast forward to where you see some gameplay. Okay. Yeah. That's our remix. It is such a fun game to play, too. It's hard, though. Yeah. <laughs> for the advanced Donkey Kong players. Here's the elevator level where you actually have hammers on the right there. Oh, yeah. What amazed me was just how well the, the port for the color computer was done. And the wacky girders one. Weird, wild, wacky girders. This one you have to be careful too because once you pop the two rivets on the girder it actually falls to the bottom so you can actually cut yourself off from getting to certain spots. Originally originally the hammer was a sausage but they had to take it out because it was too on the nose. <laughs> yep. Cool game. Yep. Great job from the sock master. As always. And this was a kind of surprise. I just found this this morning. Um, I didn't know Downland was actually officially released for the Dragon. That's the cocoa cartridge that John just picked up and showed us earlier. And so that's, that's the artwork the, on the Dragon the version of it. Wow. Or was that's it? Cuthbert. Downland, huh? Okay. And man, does he have a tough time playing this game. So <laughs> it's I'll, not I'll, an easy game. Yeah, no, it's not. But, I mean, he hadn't read the directions or anything, so he's, he plays really poorly at the beginning. And he gets quite frustrated, and he doesn't notice that you have to move the joystick, select one or two players, so he keeps accidentally select two players, and he had to run in the back. You can hear him rummaging around for a second joystick. And it was, it's quite funny. I'll just play a little bit of it, though. I would imagine it's not um, oh, yeah. not artifacted either, Dunland right? Land no. For the Dragon 32, a game requested by, you guessed it, Jason Arnup. Who does love his dragon stuff? So uh, yeah, he requested Downland. So so here we are. Um, about Thirty seconds still to go. So let's have a read of the bump on this. Run through the many chambers, collecting I'll keys and treasures by climbing ropes and. Okay, let's uh, zoom in. I still like his lava lamp set. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Right. So I don't know what this buzzing he's getting is. So that's got to be that noise. Analog joystick Coming through for the what sounds like RF. going to be a platform game of some kind. And you notice he's got two players selected right now. He does not yeah. notice this. I'm guessing Montezuma's Revenge. Well, fast forward uh, to where we can see him playing see it. if anything happens. It does. Oh, okay. Oh, I appear to be made of static. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can kind of see the shimmering on the artifacts because Pal does it on the vertical, right? So. Yeah. Okay. Oh, don't say I've got to plug a joystick into port two. If well. only he had a, a, a Joey controller switch. <laughs> ah. Product placement. <laughs> Shameless, huh? Yeah, and it doesn't look bad in um it doesn't look bad black and white this game. No, it's it's quite playable. It seems you a little bit lower. That maybe because it's that, that guy looks hertz. like the Hawaiian punch guy. <laughs> ah. Damn it. Yeah, now that you mention it, yeah. 
But it's fun listening to get him getting so frustrated as right. he's playing this game. That. <laughs> and he's playing on a free-floating joystick, too. I will mention that. He's not playing on a self-center, so he's jumps onto a rope and then promptly falls off the other yeah, side because he hasn't centered it. Yeah, it's kind of uh, trippy looking at these uh -huh. oscillating uh, artifacts there in the vertical, you know? Mm. I think it was the right choice, though, because putting this with that full green background would have looked horrible. Oh, yeah. You... Nah, neat. Anyway, he's got the full 20-minute yeah. thing there. So he makes I, it to yeah. Chamber 2 occasionally. I did not know that this was on the dragon, but... Uh, I didn't either, yeah. as an official. Because it was Spectral Associates that licensed it to Tandy, right? Yeah. And then they licensed it to Microdeal as well. Yeah. So. No. Right, so that's an awkward set of steps to jump up. <laughs> that's what we needed. Just I wonder if they need. only paid for six copies before they oh, sent it off to Microdeal. <laughs> I, Mike is one of the guys, the author of this, was one of the guys that complained about Spectral paying. So yeah, I doubt it. Cool. All right, what's next? That's it. That's it for short. the Game On News. Yep. All right. So we'll take a brief commercial break, and we'll be back with news news. So we did run the... Uh, we did run the Joey Hi-Rez. We will... Uh, you know what the world needs right now? This has just been a very musical day. It really has. And 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 that music is not going to end because there's more music coming up. So enjoy the catchy hit tune that has been sweeping the nation for quite some time, Nightmare Highway. And we'll be back after these words, boys and girls. Oh, yeah. Got some time to kill, might play a little Zaxxon. Might double back to play a little Temple of Rom. Dungeons of Daggereth, color baseball. But none can hold a candle to the greatest of them all. Nightmare Highway. Sailor Man and Firefall Go on a rampage for some super pitfall Shanghai me into a game of rogue or demon attack But sooner or later you know I've got to come back Nightmare Highway Nightmare Highway It's got a road it's got a car, dodge the furniture, and you'll be a pop star. Well, okay, maybe I just stick to the facts. To tell this truth, this game really ain't all that nightmare highway. Nightmare highway. Nightmare highway. I used to bow down to the Donkey King. Grammar and cash man used to be my thing. Megabug, buzzard bait, sea dragon too. But none of those can satisfy me much as you do. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway.
fuck off. From around the world, what you need to know. Get caught up on news with El Curtis. All right. Okay, you guys seen that? Yeah. Yeah. Looks like Hey, so with the... uh, Sorry, good? So it looks like Boise. Yes, it is. Now, last week we did that uh, hardware project that Boise was working on, and there was a ton of uh, discussion about it on Discord, and then, you know, ideas flying back and forth and Boise doing updates, several people testing it. Um, I think some people on the panel here, I think Robert Murphy, you were helping test it. Uh, Mark Oberholzer, I think you were helping test it. So uh, just to do, before I get into this one, I wouldn't mind doing a quick recap of what you guys all discussed because it was flying by so fast I couldn't really keep track of what was going on. Um, so how, what did you guys exactly discuss and what exactly happened with that project? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, Ghidorah or whatever it was. So the basic idea is... Uh... Boise's Ghidra project is a serial-based token ring local area network for Cocos. So you can plug multiple Cocos together. And um, in some pieces, it builds on uh, the DriveWire protocol, but it is separate. He just uses DriveWire to do copies. But the core of it is that you can remotely control multiple Cocos and have multiple Cocos communicate together on the same wire. And over the course of the week, some of the discussion on the Discord channel involved building a hardware hub that you can use drive wire cables to connect your Cocos to this hub. And the Ghidra ring is inside the hub itself. And uh, El Presidente, Mr. Jim Brain, mocked up the, the hub design and sketched that out, a couple of different versions of it kind of on the fly. And uh, he and Boise were talking about various directions going forward and improvements on it. So, yeah, the, you know, I made the channel just as a, hey, this sounded interesting and maybe we'll talk about it. And it just kind of blew up. Yeah. Like last time I checked, I think there's over 200 messages in there in one week. So for a brand new project, that's pretty darn good. Yeah. Five Cocos wouldn't, and you say it blew up. That'd be quite the smoke storm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the reason I'm, one of the reasons Sorry. I want to bring that up is that Boise actually had another episode he put out just before that, which is this one here, episode five, called Recycled, which I totally missed because of everything that was going on with the token ring thing. So this is kind of a catch up here. So this is the previous episode, and this is this, a more normal episode where he goes through his cocoa collection. And in this case, it's a recycled cocoa in that Tandy recycled it and then actually you know put on stickers to change part numbers and all kinds of things. So it's a pretty interesting uh, cocoa that I hadn't really seen before. So I'll just play a couple clips from it here. And the 64K sticker here, I'll try to peel it back. But if I had to guess, it's going to say something along the lines of 16K. Uh, it looks like maybe there's some uh, damage from the residue of the sticker coming on the box. So I'll, I think I'll, uh, it's not working out quite right. But it, I think it says 16K. And you'll notice that uh, the serial number here is actually handwritten. It's not a printed serial number. I'll get into the whys and what's about those stickers in a bit. But for now, I want to open up the box and take a look at the computer. This is the first time I've actually looked at this particular cocoa, and it looks like it's... Uh, it's loud enough for you guys? new. Certainly not new in the box. Yes. But yeah, all taken sounds care good. Of. You can go ahead, Louder. Styrofoam pieces are on either side. They look intact. 
and it looks like uh, the cocoa too itself is wrapped in, um, in cellophane. So I'll take the pieces off and looks uh, put these off aside looks in pretty good condition uh, pretty clean no yellowing that I can see I'll take the cellophane off there's a little bit of yellowing on the shift and the arrow keys and the enter key the kind of this unique label 326501 is the serial number and it's a 64k coco 2 but it's it looks a little different than the labels you usually see under the cocos and the uh, warranty stickers also not pierced which means it probably hasn't been opened since manufacture so that's interesting put this cocoa back on the bench and notice the label here says Radio Shack TRS-80 color computer 2 it's the older style label and not the newer Tandy label that you would expect to see on a later model Coco 2 like. Hey Curtis could, could you pause for one second? I'm going to explain why yeah, I, I hate to I hate to interrupt in the video, but I remember watching this one in about ten seconds back, on you know on the bottom of the cocoa where the power cord goes in. There's that recessed area right there that's by his left hand. Mm -hmm. When he's flipping that over, I swear there's something in there, like a connector, a screw, because normally it doesn't have that in there. Uh, and you have to kind of I I tried to pause to see if I could see something. Yeah, right about there. It looks a little different than the labels you usually see. Under the cocos and the uh, warranty stick. There, I think that's right. just plastic guide stuff. Yeah, yeah a... it, it looks like it's a, it almost like metallic. It looks gold, I guess, when it, when it's playing. Maybe it's just the light. So my bad. It looks it's like a, a screw post. The labels you usually see. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, and yeah. The, uh, warranty stickers also not pierced, which means it probably oh. hasn't been opened since. Okay. Recall that on the box we that saw looks a little the bit clearer on yours. label. That was on top of the original uh, model number was 26-3127B. It was on top of a 26-3136A. And the 64K label was on top of the original 16K. The reason for this, that I think, is when the Coco 3 was released, Tandy had probably a lot of Coco 2s in the warehouse that were 16K. They consolidated the models at that point to all 64K, and so what I think they did is they upgraded these Coco 2s in the warehouse from 16K to 64K so that they could consolidate and sell those in the catalog for 1987. And then the result of that is that you're going to see these hybrid Cocos with serial numbers handwritten on the box and these labels kind of glued on after the fact and the mismatch on the case labels. And that extends to this unique label at the bottom of the Coco 2, which is, you can tell, is put on after the fact with a different style from earlier Coco 2s. All right, now that I've got the screws out, I'm going to take the top off here and we're going to take a look on the inside of the motherboard to see uh, just how clean it is. I'll take off the keyboard to reveal the very clean and quite green motherboard here. It definitely pays to keep Cocos inside of a box and wrapped up in cellophane. Zoom in slightly here. There is the uh, oh, SAM the chip. Are, so. There's the ROM. And as you can see, the factory jumpers are in place. So this was done in the factory. The CPU, here it is. Watch, this is kind of a unique upgrade. I managed to take the satellite board off, and here it is. There are the 841. Uh, so I haven't seen too many of those particular upgrades, though. I knew there's are on there. Capacitors on each. And you know it's Tandy, though, because the chips uh, are upside down so they could wave solder the whole very thing. efficiently. Plugs into these two connectors on the motherboard here. And this is a motherboard that has a uh, 20, uh, 20261044 
uh, stamp on it. So this is one of the very later revision motherboards for the Coco 2. I'll put this back here in place. It's a little bit tricky. You have to make sure that the pins line up properly and you have to get it back. Because that's one of the motherboards that have the two ways to upgrade your RAM. You could do the little eight chip satellite board like he's showing here. And then those other two empty sockets are for the 44 64s to do the 64 gig upgrade that way. You could swipe out of your Coco 3 when you did a memory upgrade. Yeah, it. actually, it's the same chips used in the Coco 3 128K. So, yeah, if you pull those out and upgrade to 512 or 2 meg, you've got two Coco 2B upgrade sets of 64K. Okay. Trick, trickle down computers. Yeah. Now, I won't show you. He has a test on the machine like he generally does standard in these videos. He fires up his little test program that checks the joysticks and the hardware and the graphics screen and stuff like that. So I won't bother playing all that stuff. But it's pretty interesting that Tandy, and I, I was hoping maybe Richard... Uh, Lorbiescu would be on today because he actually worked at Tandy during you know pretty close to this time frame to verify whether or not that is what happened. That they just when they decided to start selling the Coco Three, they said you know all the Coco Twos are going to be sixty four K now as we sell them out until we're done. So they took any sixteen K still kicking around in the factory in the in the uh, storage and just upgraded them all and then put stickers on changing the part numbers or the serial numbers serial numbers the uh, order or the uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Model numbers. Yes, Pedal that's it. Model numbers. numbers. Pedal Brain fart. Yeah. <laughs> and just you know, quickly you know, slapped all these stickers on just to upgrade them all and then sell them off as a 64K original machine. So I had not seen one of those before. I've not seen that sticker before. I don't know if anybody else in the panel here who's more you know sophisticated with the hardware side of things than I has seen those before. Well, those white stickers on the for the screw label is typically what we used in the service organization for after you know for after after factory servicing. Okay. Anyway, it was a pretty interesting episode, which I completely missed when it got first released because of all the stuff that was happening with his uh, token ring project. So now, now I'm, we're caught up. Next up, we have Alan Huffman here who put an interesting blog post about a little quirk in the data statement. Now, some comments that have come later said that this is a quirk in Microsoft Basic in general and it has happened on some other platforms here. But if you look at this little program here, he's got you know a couple of data statements. And he's got data, quote, colon, quote, which means the data itself is the colon. And then a colon to separate for the next command. And then that's data in the word hello. Now, if you're doing strings, you do not have to put quotes around strings as long as you don't need spaces or special characters in it, like commas. You can just put the raw text. And then he has an empty one. But when he goes and reads them, you'll notice that it took the token for the word data and actually printed that out. So you, this you can use as a way to like sneak in, you know, semi-graphics as one byte tokens if you use keywords if it's the right keyword for that particular graphic command so it's not acting the way you would think it would so he kind of goes through and there's some discussion and stuff on it later on uh going through the quirk but i mean alan's been doing a lot of this series of, of little quirks and strangeties of of uh microsoft basics so it's a, another interesting one he found there that i had not seen or heard of before so you open a quote and the whole rest of the line is data Basically, a data the, the data statement was written such that um, anything after the data statement is considered data. So, no matter what you do, it's in other words, they, they expect you to write the word yeah, data. Yeah, I, I, I ran into that problem. It. Like I tried to have a bunch of data and then put a colon and then to try to read in that data for four next loop and it didn't work. So I had to I had to separate data lines from reading lines. Uh, found out words, the hard only, way. Yeah. Only data so can go so on a, basically, a, a line that has data. So it's statement. basically so it's basically ignoring the colon altogether and just considering the colon it's part of the It's treating it as data. And yeah, any, yeah. anything after yeah. the word data is automatically assumed data. It stops interpreting other uh, right. uh, stuff. 
No, I think that's yeah. only if it's okay. strings, though, right? Like if you have you know data three comma four comma five, and you're reading them as numbers, mm, I think those do. Or I don't you, know. I, I, I don't think so. Well, no? The string is supposed to be the second word data. It's just returning the token value yeah. for the word data instead of putting the string data out. I imagine yeah. the same thing would work if you put other uh, uh, keywords. Yeah. Keywords, yeah. Yeah, but the colon is not saying, okay, here's a new statement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Data, a colon yeah. essentially separates statements. Yeah, right. and the yeah. first colon is being interpreted as data. The second colon is interpreted kind of because otherwise we have two colons showing up in that print and it's not. Yeah, so what we see is yeah, we, see the first, we see the first colon, which is in text, and then data as a word is um, has been tokenized into that little semigraphic character. Then we see hello, which is not printed into yeah, text. Yeah. And the including second, the space. Yeah. The second so colon the, is saying token is next. So if you print, if you save this program in ASCII, is that fixed or is, does it stay broken? No, it stays broken. Uh, if you separate it on two lines, though, it works perfectly fine. I think you it's a so character it, string, though. So is it ignoring the second colon or something? Then is it or just? Yeah, it's kind of it's parsing it, but it's just considering it nothing, and then it's yeah. interpreting the 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 data um, token as, as more data. <laughs> as data. Yeah, as more data, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd be interesting to see if this does the same thing though. If you're using numerics, like if you do data three comma four comma five <laughs> colon data five six seven or something, would would it still break, or is it unique to string? Yeah, I, I bet it would. If you want to embed something mm. like an apostrophe or a, a you know colon or something like that, that's normally a control character, then you put it into a chr string, right? Or you just right, you just use numbers and and use character string to convert them into graphics characters yeah. or text. Yeah, there's a couple of different ways to get around it, but it was it was an interesting Ooh. quirk. Yeah. Just or just separate under different lines. Yeah, which I think John you would mention on your comments on the original Facebook post that uh you do that all the time so you've never encountered this bug before. Yeah, I've always separated. Well, I'm generally doing graphics with uh like zeros and ones, so I'm kind of creating a a graphic so I have the word data on the left and then you know like 8 or 12 ones and zeros separated by commas. So if you're making like a smiley face, you'll actually see the f- smiley face in zeros and ones. You'll see that there. in the source code. Yeah, you're doing you're just yeah. You're plotting out the bits. So uh, I just fact. I've just always put da- data the only data on a data line. I don't know why I did it. I just always did it that way. Fun fact, we used to trick a single similar bug in the Sinclair so you could use with very small RAM. So you could use the token for print to get the letters P R I N T for one byte cost, or go to G O T O for one and a space for one byte cost, just to get that little bit of extra RAM. So it's interesting to see this actually work somewhere else. And there's your token. Yep. Well, I do. I do know it's like some games embedded, you know, semi graphics into data st- or you know, quote a string equals quote, and then you'd see like next for step and all the different tokens and then when it actually ran it would convert them all into the semi-graphics characters and they all took one bite and they also made the line too long you couldn't actually edit or see some of it so you couldn't see it all because the way the basic interpreter works so yeah there's a lot of little cool tricks there 
Next up, this is a cool one. Um, Carlos Camacho found an eBay listing here for a Kogu 2, 64K. I mean, it doesn't look too sophisticated otherwise, but uh, the guy did a hardware mod and it also includes software. And the guy on the eBay listing actually has a source code required to do this, but it kicks the uh, cassette system from 1500 baud up to 6000 baud. So four times faster than normal. Um, I have heard of some, you know, like I, I used to, there was a couple of pokes you could do to get the double speed to work at roughly 3,000, slightly less, about 2,700 baud, but nothing nothing like this. So here's the hardware mod part of it, wow. which kind of looks like John Laurie's machine there with a ton of wires hanging yeah, around. Yeah, right. A little satellite mm. board glued under the side of the RF modulator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like double-sided tape that's just been folded over. And here he's actually got the source code that you type in with that hardware mod to get 6,000 baud. Now, our, our cassette system is already faster than a Commodore 64's disk drive system, so this must just be lightning fast. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never so that, heard of this mod before. One, one, of the, um, one of the first Cocos I bought on eBay, like, you know, like an, an eternity ago, it came with some type of what it called high-speed tape system too and it was uh something on a three and a half inch software uh three and a half inch floppy that came with it and um and i think something on an actual cassette but i think it was a like a its own version of DriveWire, where it, you know you ran, you ran a program on a pc you plugged your coco into a serial port you ran this program and then boom you could load software rapidly over the cassette port um, so they called it like some type of high high speed tape system or something is what it was referred to, and I never understood. I was just getting into Cocos, and it had came with the first Coco I bought. So I think I probably still have the tape and the three and a half inch floppy, which which would have to run on a PC. But I didn't fully comprehend what it was meant for at the time. So yeah. that'd be um, that'd be quadrupling the uh, frequency going to the cassette too. I'm guessing. Yep. So you'd be you, you your cassette it would be more uh, it'd be more um, uh, what's the word um, critical demanding. Well, in yes, serial port yes. terms, I'm I'm sure they kept the baud rate the same and increased the number of tones to raise the bits per second up, mm. which is what they did in modem. So if you use four tones, you only need one quarter the number of tone changes. Trellis encoding. And. That would do this with a regular cassette, but it's very clever. Oh, a cooling fan has been installed, mm. too, because the speed is so high at this point now. <laughs> it's generating that heat. So. <laughs> Burn, that data's burning up the damn cocoa. So, yeah. Maybe <laughs> I, I, melting, if you couldn't have melting the type. <laughs> yeah, if you couldn't afford the disk drives. I mean, when the disk drives first came out from Tandy, they were like $500 or something, I think, in the States, and like 800 here in Canada. So, I mean, this would have been a much cheaper... And, you know, not quite up to disk drive speeds, but that's over 600 bytes per second sustained throughput. So you could load in like a semi-graphic screen in less than a second. And a P-Mode 4 screen would take, you know, like, what, nine seconds? Not bad. Roughly nine or ten seconds, roughly, to load. Ten, because closer to. But, uh, yeah, that would have been pretty pretty sophisticated for the time. Unfortunately, it never really took off as far as I know. Hmm. Neat. Yeah, on that, on that listing there, I don't know if he shows... Okay, Carlos isn't showing it there. Um, let's see here. No, the guy's not showing it here in this picture here. It, you know that uh, that colored TV that you see in some of the ads there? Yeah. Um, it was the CT-130. There it is, right? Oh, no, that's this monitor. <laughs> His listing, uh, that he had. this guy had another listing out there, too, that had one of those uh, color with the wood grain on the outside. It was uh, the CT-130 that yeah. you see in some of the Tandy uh, Radio Shack ads. Ads, yeah. 
Yep. I messaged him and I said, do you still have that? And he goes, I just sold it. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so uh, again. Little, little side okay. note. <laughs> now, I don't quite understand the screws here. Was that to hold that board in place or what the heck? Could That's be. the fan, isn't it? Is it the fan? Oh, yeah, that fan, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of RF. Anyway, it's a pretty interesting mod, and I mean, I can imagine back in the day, I mean, we had a pretty decent speed cassette interface compared to most 8-bits, but quadrupling that speed would have been quite quite noticeable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Next up, Antonio, who's, of course, been doing his SD card labels. He's done a bunch, and I've only got a couple I linked in here just to show, but he's put other ones up this week, too, so just feel free to peruse the Coco group to see them all of his little SD card label. So he did one here for Robocop, which looks pretty cool. They got old style with Tandy Pinball here. And he did a few others, too. So, I mean, just like I said, just he's constantly doing these, and you can just kind of keep up with them. Um these these are I think a good idea. Like personally, I would not make SD cards dedicated to one small game because your your cards hold like a gig or sixteen mm-hmm. gig or whatever yeah, you're putting a four yeah, K yeah. program on them. But yeah. for distribution and Paul Thayer, if you're still on the call, you did this with Timberman because you were selling it as a physical yeah. SD card with a new game. You actually put a Timberman custom sticker yeah, on it that yeah. you know it becomes part of the packaging. You didn't show David Ladd's. You didn't show David Ladd's favorite. Was that is what, uh, Predator? I think he did Predator too, didn't he? Really? Oh, he could have. I, yeah. I think he did Predator yep. as well. Well, I he think did. when he first started this project, which I think is sd-pack.com, or yep. maybe sdpack.com, either way, he's got a website which has got all the templates to do this and everything. Um, he had found for like 99 cents a one, um, maybe it was like a one gig or something, or even smaller. <laughs> maybe it was like, I forgot what it was, but like, what are we getting now? We're getting like what gigabytes in our in our flashcards, right? So this might have been a, it was a small one though, but it was, he was is that getting, the smallest flashcard you can get now? Yeah, maybe it was like whatever it was, but it was super small, and they were like ninety nine cents. So for like a buck to have an SD card and have that card boot up like a ROM pack, which was the whole idea of this, it's taking advantage of um, the auto start file you can have, so you can make a SD card auto launch. A disk image and then you can have that disk image have an auto exec.bass file that will auto launch something on the disk right so yeah. with just it's a simple two-step process but you can make any sd card auto boot a program and then boom it's done so it makes it kind of like a rom pack which was the whole idea yeah. here sd pack um so if you can get really cheap cards that have not a lot of space on them because you only need like what 156k right so let's just say theoretically you could get a one megabyte um sd card uh, that would be more than enough to hold a single disk image and or hard drive image and have it auto boot. So it's a cool project. I, I agree, you're wasting a lot of space if you only have a single purpose one. But if you can get them, uh, matter of fact, I might have one here somewhere. Yeah, I have a Timberman one in the other room. Um, yeah, yeah. Like for dis- distributing new software, I think it's a great idea because it's it's cheaper yeah. than making a cassette or a disk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I've got some of his that he had done. Now here, I'll stop sharing um, so everybody can see it. Just like here. I, I had uh, he had sent me these a long time ago. If I spotlight myself, so he had actually made a um, a three D printed case that says Tandy on it, and you open this up, and then it's got a whole bunch of SD cards, and then on each SD card, it's got the label, and so this is nice. this is a Downland SD card. So if I wanted to play Downland like a ROM pack, I would pop this in, it would auto boot, and it would run it. 
So he's got a bunch of those. And so it's kind of a neat little thing. Like when I go to my retro club meetings and stuff, I bring these things to show off because it's something you don't see every day. And I don't know that all 8-bit systems have it. But here's Slay the Nerys. You know, so he did a bunch of these different ones and he made this little 3D printed case where you can open and close it and put in all your little things. So this is kind of like, remember the program pack cases where you can get yep. those, your filers? So he made a little filer for this. So it's a really cool project. It's, it's yeah, it's extremely overkill on space distribution, but if you can get <laughs> the SD cards cheap enough, it's it's cool. It's just something different, yep. right? And for new software distribution, I mean, rather if, if you want to sell a physical copy versus just a digital download, I mean, your other options are to sell a CD or to sell a uh, you know cassette or a disc, and that's going to take a lot more you know postage wise because they're much bigger packages that you can just throw into a letter and, and send it off. So I think as far as distributing you know new software, I think Paul had the right idea with the the Timberman things. That was a perfect platform to do that. And you can throw other stuff on the card too. Like most cards have at least two fifty six meg or a gig yeah, or whatever. Yes, you, you can, can throw have, a uh, full color PDF of the manual, PDF, videos um, of gameplay, and maybe an interview with stuff. the author, whatever you want. So yeah, yeah, pretty pretty cool. Here we go. Yeah, you can get you can get two hundred fifty six megabyte SD cards. Okay, how much do those cost? Just out of curiosity, sixteen eighty nine for a two pack. It's like eight bucks a piece. You can that's, get that's a larger size ones. That's kind of up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a suggestion. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, if you if the they now have the color um what is it the uh, displays for the the uh, ink uh, paper. It gets something the same size of one of those uh, regular SD cards. Have little microprocessor if the v- images of a whole bunch of them, and just reads through <laughs> all the different programs. And boom, put the micro SD card in it, and it reads it. And boom, select which one you want, and it says, "Hey, I got all of these on this one card." Yeah, that could work. <laughs> it was just a cut, something that was just off the top of my brain that it says. Yeah. So, oh, so your oh, micro oh. SD card. Adapter is a OLED display or something that shows you. Uh, not OLED, but you know the the uh, the, uh, the ink paper. You know they got the you know the black and white, uh, but they also have the color. Also, they put like on wristbands and all of that. Just have the little microprocessor in there. Just go in, read what the files on there or something like that. Just something, and for each file, boom, 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 it puts the display of what uh, you've got on the uh, um, SD card. Yeah, okay. Cool idea. I, yeah, having one with an actual, you know, thing. The only problem is that when you plug those into the uh, SD, they're kind of getting hidden, so you can't see them all that that easily. But well, uh, use an extender yeah. or something, something with a battery pack. Maybe Jim Brain can make a Coco SDC SD card extender for his Coco uh, <laughs> audio extender. That's just, yeah. add that to the wish list. You know, he'll ship it at the same time. <laughs> um, <laughs> Next up here, we got uh, Chet. Now, is Paul still on the call? Because I think Paul's actually talked to him about this a little bit, so he probably knows more details. I, I haven't. But uh, he's, uh, you know, since the completion of Digger 3, he's actually working on his uh, Chaos uh, cross-platform development tools, and he's did some updates on here. And I think he's actually been doing some demos and stuff on Discord, which I haven't been able to catch, unfortunately. Um, but it's basically a cross-platform development system, not just for the Coco. So he's currently targeting like the Coco 1, 2, and 3, the Fujitsu FM7, FM77, which are uh, other 6809 designs, PCEJ, the Atari ST, the Amiga. And basically you would set up and, and do your graphics and do your sound and stuff once, and it would basically translate it to these other platforms. Currently it's set up for bitmap displays, which all of those machines support. 
but there's no reason you couldn't make it work later, as he mentions at the top there, making it work with tile set displays, you know, like a Nintendo NES or something like that. Um, so it may make a way to make cross-platform games that you only have to do your graphics and your sound once and then just get everything translated rather than have to you know, redo everything every time you're doing it on something else. So it'd be interesting to see what he's going to be doing with this. But I don't know. Has anybody else in the panel been involved in some of those discussions on Discord this last week? Not I. No. But it's similar concepts to like what Xcode does. Yeah, you, except you for develop... you know, retro machines instead. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. That's a cool idea. I did find what? Oh, I did find a a 256 megabyte uh, eight pack or no, a ten pack for sixteen ninety nine, so a dollar sixty nine a piece. So if you look around, you can find some low capacity, you know, uh, SD cards at really low cost, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, and now is it the fact they're scaled up so much? Is, is it cheaper to get like a 10 pack of one gig ones now than it is to get two to six? Yeah, whatever Probably. the size. As long as you, if the target would be if you can get them for like a buck a piece, that would be like yeah, that makes them almost as long as you get them, you know, bulk cheap, then you could yeah. you could distribute software. Yeah, All right. The little ones are needed by old cameras and stuff, so they're going back up. You might have to mm. shoot to two gigs or something for right. really <laughs> cheap. Hey, another another source for uh, little SD cards is uh, in. Uh, Scrapyards, the uh, uh, older Rico copiers mm. all had like one or two, like 100 meg, 20 meg, 30 meg, you know, oh, SD wow. cards in them. You just had to take a screwdriver and take a plate off and swipe them. But, you know, if you get an opportunity of uh, snagging some from machines being scrapped, uh, that's a good, that's another source of uh, little cards. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking on Amazon and I'm not seeing a whole, a whole you know, two fifty six meg is as low as it seems to go. How low can you go? <laughs> what are we looking Sorry. at here, Curtis? Next up is uh, Chris Burke. Of course, has been doing his. Um, was he using a Pi of some sort? I think to uh, hook up USB keyboards, USB mice to the Coco, including wireless models. So he's been doing some prototyping on it. We've shown the videos the last couple of weeks. Then he placed an order for some of these little card adapter or little cards for adapting the uh, the keyboard plug on the Coco to get it come out and then plug it into something else that you can build projects off of and flex cable adapters. So he's actually got his first ones in, which he's showing here on the top part. And then he's later on got a picture here of his first you know board where he's actually put you know the chips and stuff on it too. And then he has a little. Um, demo here running the wireless mouse using this. So let's see if we can maximize this. It's maximized, but it's not moving. All right. Facebook doesn't stupid thing. I'll just play it the small just and let him talk okay, over it again. It's detecting the mouse click just fine. When I move this mouse up very slowly, You'll see the Y value go from. I don't know if you can see that in the small window, but I can see the numbers changing. I can't quite read them, but yeah. So he's just proving that it works using his little prototype boards. Now, one thing he did mention, he's got a mouse with a scroll wheel on it. Now, if you have a Coco 3, of course, you can support two buttons, the left and right click work properly. But he's actually set up the software inside the uh, the, the Pi or whatever it is uh, to actually register the mouse wheel 
as well. So he's got some extra functionality that changes the resolution of the mouse. So if you want to, you know, have really fast movements and it's jumping rapidly, you can just adjust it with the, the mouse wheel, which is kind of a cool idea. So if you're, you're, you're playing a game, you want to be able to jump left to right really fast, you'd crank it right up. And if you want to do a sophisticated drawing program and nail every pixel individually, you'd crank it right down and you just control that with the mouse wheel. So that's kind of a neat idea. So interesting to see where else he's going to go with some innovative ideas like that. Next about that, Jason Downs does a quick video breakdown of a Coco 2 he just purchased. I won't play the whole thing here, but uh, he kind of goes through and you know goes through the innards and shows what what happened when he ordered it and you know, any interesting bits about it. So I think that's the first video of this type he's done. So I don't know if he's planning on making this into a series of things. But it'll be interesting to see what else he can find. Next up. Uh, Ed Snyder is now selling SDC cases separate without the SDC. This is probably partly in response because uh, Boysentech is now selling SDCs, but as far as I know, he hasn't got his 3D printer fully up and operational to making cases. And a lot of people don't want to plug in the raw board into a multi-packer into the Coco. So he's now selling the 3D printer case for $20 each. He's currently, at this moment in time, got three in stock, so he's obviously sold a few. I like that and speckle pattern there, and it's kind of cool. Yeah, and these are the yeah, three options yeah. he's selling, which is the uh, white, the black, and then the, uh, what is he called? Marble, I think ah. he calls this other one here. So. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's what the MCX32SD uses. Is okay. that same marble you mean? or That that marbled one. Yeah, that's what mine, look, how mine looks came. good. I like that look. That looks good. So for those of you that, you know, because Ed is constantly out of stock of SDCs, and then, you know, Richard has become a second source for SDCs now, uh, if you've ordered one of those, but you want to get a case, you know, you don't have to wait anymore. Uh, Richard is planning on eventually selling cases himself too. Uh, but this way that you've got a, an extra source of just the cases themselves, which I think it can produce a bit easier and quicker because he basically just sets up his 3D printer and lets it run while he's doing all of his other hand soldering of everything for his thousand and one other projects. <laughs> so this is a good way for people that you know get the cases on the the boys and tech ones until Richard actually gets that up fully up running himself. And then and, I mean, if you want to upgrade to a marble case, because you like to look better, you can have that option too. And I thought the price, you know, 20 bucks for a, you know, it's a decent size. That's, good. That's going right. Yeah. Yeah. Next up in the dragon group on Facebook, we got one of these old classic dragon ads and it's not one I've seen before, which is kind of saying for the parents, you know, not for the kids, you know, after blasting some aliens, they'll try exploding a few myths and they actually show some of the, you know, the practical things you can do on the dragon and kind of mentions them like, you know, they're not just a toy for the kids. And, uh, you know, showing off some of the uh, young learning series, so educational software, et cetera, to try to, you know, appeal to the parents somewhat. So it's kind of cool seeing a dragon ad aimed at the uh, the older set, not the you know, yeah, young teenage cool. boys type I thing. Like, I like the art style on that, though. It's pretty neat. <clears throat> they even got a spectral game that was cross-licensed across the pond there. Galax attacks uh, their Galaxian clone too. So, wonder how they get that red background on the graphics mode. Very carefully. Um, red and white. Yeah, I guess it would be more orange and white on in real life. <laughs> I, I would say, Nick, they probably took the tint control on the TV and just <laughs> cranked it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be my guess. Fake ad. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> uh, next up, the Coco Crew released their uh, latest monthly podcast, number 66. This one featured a review of Matchy's Jumpy Game, which he actually came and put on itch.io, so you can get that and donate some money towards them as a thing. It's a really good semi-graphic game, actually. Um, there's a technical, de uh, technical explanation of the BCD, binary coded decimal, and how that works. 
which is actually something fairly unique to the 6809 for an 8-bit machine. I don't think too many of the other 8-bit CPUs, if any, supported BCD directly. And they also have an interview with Joe Sinta, who is one of the guys behind the Canton uh, SCSI interface. And that's the one I've mentioned on the show before, that you could actually hook two Cocos up because it fully supported the SCSI protocol, not just the slave part. So you could have two Cocos hooked up to the exact same hard drive running it at the same time. Uh, and they go into you know, a bunch of the hardware history, the old you know, history of the company, the people that did the software, the people that did the hardware. So it was a pretty good interview and well worth, well worth listening to. Next one up here, um, Ben Manuel put up a video on YouTube demoing in a semi-language sort program that sorts characters that are randomly generated into a VDG screen. And the code is taken from the August 1988 Rainbow Magazine. Now, I've not seen videos by him before, so hopefully he keeps doing Cocoa-related videos, but I thought I'd just show the first pass-through. And it kind of shows you, like, you know, you're drawing this with basic random numbers, and then the machine language is much faster doing the sort, and you get to see it sort live. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It's like defragging a hard drive. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Defragging your screen. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Anyway, it's a pretty, pretty cool little demo program you can show people, so... Hopefully he does some more stuff. This is another channel that's new to me. It's called Take It Apart. It's only got two subscribers, so it must have just started. But basically, it's just taking random hardware and taking it apart to show you what the innards are. And then he actually puts it back together, presumably, so it still works, which is not something I've ever had experience doing. Um, so this one, he does the CCR82 computer cassette recorder. And I believe, John, is that... You had a CTR, I think, on the, your batch that you got, that you showed today, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, my Curtis doesn't do hardware. He had the 81, which is the larger one. And this yeah. is the 82, which is the mini, mini one. Mm. And fast forward a bit here. Kind of shows you how the... Now, if I remember, these are the ones the buttons wore off and wouldn't stay down after a while. Yeah, it's kind of small. Pretty good bass response from that tiny little speaker. <laughs> <laughs> is this like that ASMR stuff? Sorry? Is this like that Pretty ASMR good. stuff too? <laughs> There's the belt drive for everything, yep. The loose belt there. And you can just There's change three it. Belts. You don't have to disassemble the metal plates of all the mechanism to put a belt in the middle of the mesh. You just Yeah. Right yep. on top. Pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. I do I think I actually have one of these kicking around. I originally had the old black, whatever the heck that thing was called, the original Coca One when the Coco One came out, but I did end up getting one of these through some bulk sale at some point. But Oh, the black uh, c- uh, tape recorder? Yeah, CTR not, not the, c- yeah the, I can't remember, the CCR80 or something? The original one? Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Uh, yeah, that was the one they sold for the Model 1 as well. Yeah. yeah. But this was more like the Coco 2, Coco 3 era, or Coco 2 era, I guess, more so, but uh, you know, the color changed to the, the white, and it was also much smaller. Hey, we just got a live like from Richard Kelly on Facebook. And hey, uh, Retro Rick, we just showed off your YouTube video of your latest uh, posting of your text adventure game. So if you're out there and you hear us and you're available, we'd like to get you on. I think I've reached out to you before to talk about a lot of yeah, your Cocoa projects. We, we definitely want to get you on. And we want to talk about like the Ladder Man 2 game you did. And then the, this magazine that you're kind of, you know, the digital magazine that you also showed off on the show today. I'd love to have you on talking about that and maybe, you know, get some people to help contribute to it if you want. Right. This is an interesting uh, way of looking at hardware here with the soothing music, you know? Yeah. 
I especially mm. like the fact that, I mean, we've seen lots of take apart videos, like here's how you do all this stuff, but we rarely see people putting them back together so they work. So that was kind of interesting too, because like I said, that's something I have no experience with. If I take something apart, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're not soldering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> soldering your hair. <laughs> the man knows his limits. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next up, and he just joined the panel here, so you he can help explain this too, but uh, Simon Jonasson did another uh, video demonstrating his audio engine with a three-voice song. Now, this one, he's added some better compression to it. So this is now taking less than a granule for the player itself and the three-voice music track itself as well, and the song's about, what, almost two minutes, not quite about a minute and a half, which for something that's only like 1,700 and some odd bytes, 1,738 bytes to load, start to finish, the player and the music itself, it decompresses to just under 4K. So I will play it for a bit here. Um, and then, uh, Simon, if you want to chime in with some uh, technical details or explanation. Oh. And, uh, yes. And this is based on a C64 track, I think you said? Yeah, it's uh, Ocean. Ocean Dota. I like how the instruments sound. I mean, the thing for me that's most impressive about this, I mean, because Simon's done, you know, multi-voice players and so, you know, other people in the past, but compressing it down to that size, like, you know, less than 2,000 bytes to do a three-voice track song and the player itself that's handling it is, is pretty impressive. And it sounds really good, too. <laughs> Better than most that I hear. And for something of that length too. Yeah. Now I think Simon, you'd mentioned it's using AP Ultra compression. Uh, yes, the AP Ultra, actually AP Lib. Um, so I'll just pause this so we can hear you properly here. But I'm not sure that's that's a compression technique I've not heard of before. I've heard like ADPCM mm -hmm. and a few others, but what exactly is that? Uh, AP Lib. You can look it up on the interweb. <laughs> That's a different explanation. Go look it up, buddy. <laughs> but seriously, I, I can send you a link, Curses. I can send you a link for AP Ultra is a take on AP Lib. AP Lib was done by a uh, Danish guy back in the day. It's using it's using the dictionary, so it's basically LZW compression on the freaking cocoa in real time. Okay, so it's That's like a cool. lump of Welsh you know, larger bit sizes to correspond to previous windows of data type thing. Yeah. Okay. So, and I helped Doug Marston, actually, he, he came to me when I was talking about when I compressed another track. He was saying, well, yeah, well, okay, I've got this thing called AP-Lib, and do you want to look at the code? I said, yeah, all right, look at the code. And we actually chopped off a few cycles from the 6809 decompressor. Oh, is this the same Doug Maston that worked on Contras back in the day? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I, I just worked on the code for, for the decompressor and I chopped a few cycles and whatever, you know. So he'd done a wicked 6309. And I've not got my head around 6309 yet. So You'll like it, trust me. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I'll take it to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the dark side. Talking about the dark side. Hopefully, it won't take you twenty years like it took Nick Mirandi to, to learn about it. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> talking about the dark side. Hey, talking about the dark side. Look at this fucker. 
No, here, let me stop and... Uh... Okay, so what is that? MSX2, is that the Dragon one we talked about before? Yeah. Oh, cool. MSX2 board. Yeah, so that's got the sound and the sprite chip, doesn't it? Yep. So you're and starting to fiddle with that? It's a prototype. So this is a, a beta board. If you look at the front of it, it's a beta board. Cool. I mean, we've, we've shown some videos to demonstrate, like Paris Rat's done some programming for it already with the AGD engine and stuff. So, so I'm uh, I'm a tester on this one. So I've got to I've got to wrap my head around the uh, Yamaha V9958. <laughs> cool. Well, when you get some good demo code for that, I wouldn't mind seeing that in action. It's kind of like we've been showing some of the Gimme X stuff. Um, you know, most of the demo programs from Ed. I mean, in Nitrous 9, we've only kicked in the three megahertz. That's all we've really been fiddling with, but uh, definitely have some plans. So, but yeah, I mean, the other thing, the other thing you played before was, yeah, it's, I, I took it down to three voices just because the track was three voices. Um, and what I want to do actually with that player is uh, because it's using different samples, is actually use what would be the fourth voice. So I should denote using a couple of bits or maybe four bits. Okay, you have one fixed channel and two channels can change waveforms. So you can probably have varying um, varying amplitudes, varying volumes, stuff like that. So you don't have to do a lot of coding. You just change out the waveform on the fly. So you can get volume slides, you can get arpeggio, you can get everything for free. Okay, cool. But yeah, the, 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 we've been following the MSX uh, Dragon Plus board for a while there because there have been a few mentions of it and if some people have shown you know, examples, programs and stuff running on the Dragon group on Facebook and there's been pretty impressive stuff considering this is just, as you said, you know, this is just test hardware out at this point and people are just learning how to use it all. But uh, I know Paris Rat did some modifications to his AGD engine where he's actually running 16 color sprites and you know full music tracks in the background and stuff for some of the old AGD Spectrum ports and it's it's pretty impressive. Exactly. Could say this is Coco 1 and 2 hardware, not Coco 3. So, but yeah, I'm a base test on that. Cool. Well, definitely keep us posted on that. And and cramming, I guess that's I, I lied. It's not just the player and the actual soundtrack. It's actually the decompressor, too, that you're fitting yeah. into less than 2,000 bytes. Decompressor. The actual track itself with the player is 3,993 bytes. Yeah. So it compressed quite well then to get that down to less than 2,000. Yeah. So I compressed to about 68, 68% compression or something like that. Yeah. Cool. Well, definitely keep us posted on, on both, you know, further modifications you make to the sound player uh, so that you can actually fit, you know, really complicated tracks on a 128K machine easily or, or even a Coco 1 and 2. And then also just some of the stuff you're doing with the uh, Dragon Plus board because we've seen some pretty impressive stuff on that. And I'd love to see what you're going to do with it because most of the stuff so far has been demos or converting an existing engine just to use some of this capabilities, but not like you know, hammering the card hard. Exactly, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> they don't come in that man for nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for popping on for that because I know you said you weren't sure you were going to make it. It was good to be here because you obviously know more a lot more about it than I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got I've got so much shit going on, but most of it's real life. So, but that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I know what you mean there. And then the last story, which we kind of mentioned earlier, <clears throat> is Terry Steen is selling off a bunch of his uh, you know, duplicate Cocoa 3s and 2s. He's not getting out of the Cocoa. He's keeping you know, multiple ones himself uh, that we mentioned earlier in the show. So this is just showing, and this was a shot earlier this morning, of you know he's got Cocoa 1s, he's got Cocoa 2s. Some of them come with boxes, some don't. Some come with manuals, some don't. Um, he's even got some Cocoa 3s. I don't know if they're sold out yet. Uh, I think most some of these have ended already now. Some of them still have three days left. So, but they're very reasonably priced, especially considering eBay prices for Cocoa Threes lately. I mean, they've just been astronomical. So these are affordable uh, ones here. So if you've been trying to find one of these, Stevie, did, does uh, he only accept eBay offers, or does he take private offers on the side if somebody wants to try uh, to walk one? Honestly, in, I don't know. Okay. So um, yeah, there's some decent hardware here and uh, various types of cocos and you know various packages of certain things with them, but reasonably priced. And that's that's the big thing these days. That's getting harder and harder to find for the cocoa. Yeah, he is on Discord too, so you could send. And I'm I'm pretty sure he's on Facebook, but he's also on Discord, so you could reach out to him there if you wanted to inquire about any side deals. Okay, and that is it for the news. All right. Fantabulous. Fantabulous. Uh, Paul T. Barton has joined us. Hey, Paul, how you doing? You're muted. Mutated? <laughs> Can we unmute him ourselves or not? Here, yes, here we go. there we go. Hey, Paul, how are yeah, you? I'm doing fine. I spent the morning debugging this silly SBC. Single board finally... computer, huh? Yeah, it finally puts out some data, but the flow of the software is screwy. So, and I got a new hairdo. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get Can my you, last haircut I got. It was, yeah. you know, I just chopped it off, and I said, oh, crap, it's too short to comb. <laughs> right? okay. can, right? you use a, can you use an SDC with your SBC? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. That hair needs anyway. product. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, yeah. It's got headphones at the moment. <laughs> so I started a little uh, Facebook group. We should nuke that hair from orbit. It's the only. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I started a Facebook group for this board, and so if anybody was to follow, they could do that. What's the name of it? It's, if I can remember, Mick Mini Bug Variants. Oh, that just flows. It just rolls right off the tongue. There. There's, a, there's a Facebook group <laughs> right. that Ron Delvo did not create. That's correct. Yeah, it's one that Ron didn't do. Yeah. <laughs> this is my first group, so I don't know how to run it. So we'll see what happens. If somebody has that link handy, if you want to post it into the chat yeah. on, on YouTube, just so we can have it on the, the permanent recording of the show so people can find it easier. <sighs> well, I don't know, and we're going to put you on the spot here, and you can just say pass and maybe do it some other time, uh, uh, Allie. But usually when we have somebody on the panel who's never been on before, we do a little mini This Is Your Life and tell a little bit about your history back in the day and what you're doing now. We didn't discuss this. You kind of came on unexpected, but... Do you feel like doing something like that, or would you rather save that for a, for a special occasion? 
Well, I could uh, definitely uh, do a spiel or something. Uh, so how I got into the Coco, you mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and just so everybody knows, because I haven't had a chance to record a new one of who's new to Discord this week, but you did a really n- a nice write-up in the um, Discord channel, too, on our welcome yeah. channel. So, um, But yeah, if you don't mind doing that, that'd be cool, because uh, I know some of us kind of know you a little bit through Facebook, and then recently you've been on Discord. And we're you know, joining the chats throughout the day and stuff. So welcome officially to the craziness and uh, take it away. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Stevie. You know, basically, uh, I got started uh, on the Coco back in 19, late 1980, early 1981, because uh, um, I, uh, well, I, I had a contact with a couple of computers at work, and I realized the computers were like really cool and I didn't know anything about where to buy a computer or what was going on or anything all I knew is this, uh, um, Apple II's are really expensive HP's are really expensive that kind of thing and uh, but I was into that Radio Shack catalog it was like um, you know it, it was basically like the uh, the monthly uh, uh, one of those monthly highlights you know is um, I don't know if you guys used to read through the catalog or not but and uh, and they had that color computer in there, and uh, so I took my uh, my company Christmas bonus and spent you know hundreds and hundreds of dollars, brought home that Coco two, and then spent the next uh, a year, maybe two years, spending most nights with the uh, you know going ahead with extended color basic open on my lap and uh, you know programming that thing, and uh, then. Uh, uh, Around 1985, uh, I got online with it finally, and uh, found the uh, found a few other Coco users, and we formed uh, the South Bay Color Computer Users Group, and uh, we basically were the South Bay's um, color computer portal. And had a BBS that was running, uh, ran through a few name changes, started as the Tandy Color Sig. Then it became the Tandy Heart of Gold, and then it became the Heart of Gold, and then we call it the Hog. And uh, oh, we uh, had meetings at the Saratoga Library. Where, oh, where is that at? That that's in California, in the oh. South Bay, um, near the near the mountains uh, in the South Bay. And uh, so it's a Saratoga is kind of a nice little bedroom community down there, and. Uh, so we, uh, so we basically head on down to Saratoga, and uh, our meetings were really informal, like uh, it, a little bit like Coco Talk, you know. If <laughs> we just uh, basically we'd show up, uh, at least one person would bring a machine, and um, we'd demo the stuff we were working on. Everybody bring discs and uh, and that sort of thing, and uh, um, and then we'd play games, that sort of thing. Um, I remember our youngest member, um, his mother came once and spent the entire uh, thing, just make sure that we weren't going to, to you know, sell our kid to, uh, you know, to uh, uh, like, uh, I don't know, Shanghai or something. And, uh, um, but it was like, uh, yeah, we were basically just a bunch of uh, like, I was 20 something and there was like some, you know, teenagers and that sort of thing and one tween and, uh, we basically were the the South Bay's entire computer color computer presence. Wow. I, 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 I crap you not. It's uh, you know, 
there was maybe a uh, Oh, a couple other members came and went, and but we were like the core. And then that lasted several years, and then we all went off to college. And uh, I went for a few years without a cocoa. And then somebody at work pulled one out of a pile at the junkyard, believe it or not, and uh, brought it to work and said, hey, isn't this that thing you were talking about? And <laughs> that caused me to run on down to Radio Shack, and I actually found a pair of Black Beauties and a cassette cable and uh i had found a a bag of program packs and cassettes out that i somehow missed that was out in the garage and that was uh you know there was this little period this little honeymoon period where i spent several weeks just playing with this thing and then uh oh and then uh that guy from work said hey i want to show that to my brother you know and so i loaned it to him and then he lost it in his fibber mcgee closet of a garage and uh, so I never saw that cocoa again. But then my friend Larry uh, found one on the curb in his neighborhood. His neighbor put one out about three, four years ago and brought me this Cocoa One, 32K Cocoa One. And so I fixed that thing up. And uh, then I found out, found out about you guys when I was uh, looking for fun YouTubes that had to do with the co- cocoa. And some of this guy named Stevie Stroh just kept on coming up, you know, game after game, uh, video after video. And then Coco Talk showed up and I realized you guys had this thing going on every week. And then I watched the show and I realized you guys were insane. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's so, a common response. Took yeah. you that long to figure that out. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. And I watched it a few more times and like the, the Cthulhu uh, horde that you are, you turned me insane. And so I got <laughs> Discord and installed it, and then that's where we are now. Cool. Awesome. Cool bananas. Yeah. Well, welcome to the collective. And yes. um, I think, the, are you uh, married? You got in, kids? Uh, no, no. Collective. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm single. I, I'm way too messed up to, uh, you know, to get married. I mean, you know, I can't imagine. You know, uh, inflicting this on anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, but thanks. you know, that doesn't mean I'm completely single or anything. Uh, um, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, say hi, Larry. Hi there. <laughs> there we go. So there's like Larry is over here, but. Uh, hey, Larry. Hi there. <laughs> he says I'm hi back. watching you, folk. <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been sitting here watching you guys through this whole thing. He's a really sorry. guy. <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. And I'm sorry you have to put up with me at night when on Discord. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He's Ooh. terrible. <laughs> really? Well, I think the coolest thing was it was last week after the show, and it was in the evening, and it started with Danny playing on the piano, and then... I think Paul Thayer got out the guitar, and then uh, Ali, you were doing some stuff. And, I pulled out a guitar, and we we were jamming. And all of a sudden, it was had this like live Discord jam, and it was kind of like uh, Saturday night at Coco Fest after the show, where you know everybody was getting <laughs> together live jamming. And surprisingly, being on a kind of a group call, there it was not that much delay. Unlike when we try to sing here on this show, and even to sing Happy <laughs> Birthday. But um, the music was like, you guys were able to play live together. It was really cool. Like this breakout jam session just happened. It was like being. I was kind of blown room. away, frankly. Yeah. I was yeah. With, uh, with Danny over in Australia. 
And, and it was, yeah, we were literally like opposite sides of the world and we were doing this live and it, on Discord and it worked. <laughs> I know. And I remember you were trying to do some live music with us a while ago when we were debuting some of your stuff, Danny, and, um, and we just couldn't get the audio to work. Uh, maybe, no. You know, but, but again, like Zoom is a, um, a conference software, so I think it tries to filter out background noise, whereas Discord being on an audio channel, maybe it's being less critical on, on you know, kind of filtering out, you know, nose blind type stuff, sound blinds type stuff. I don't know. Well, Discord is um, more of an audio-only channel, too, which means yeah. it's, you know, it has less to deal with uh, with all the video. Yeah. I ended up joining that session right at the very end because I didn't know you guys were doing that. I just yeah, happened on yeah. it, so I dragged my old acoustic out. So, I mean, yeah. It, yeah, it, it was fun. It, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but since you're a little bit new to the insanity here, um, Allison, <laughs> it's like, could you have imagined, like you talked about your club where you had like four or five of you and you were kind of like this little cult sect. Um, could you have imagined back then that there would be even, even if there's only four or five of us now, but the fact that there's four or five people getting together uh, almost every day, just chatting and, and then, you know, jamming at night and all this kind of stuff, the things we're doing now, it's just, it's insane. It blows my mind. So, well, thanks to you guys, the yeah. internet finally makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you, you, ever, you are a troubled man, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> have you ever tried listening to some of the, um, guys we had on the show in the past that uh, you only knew about through their programs they made, you know? I only uh, uh, looked at a few of the uh, the classic episodes of the show. Um, you know, I mean, I, it's hard to keep up with a show that has like four hours a week, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> I, right. I, I by design. every minute of this show every week, you know, usually long after it's aired. So, but... You know, especially the news, Curtis. I just want I want everybody to know that the news is getting some loving because <laughs> I like that news. I likes me yeah. the newsies. The fact that you're still awake, I think, pretty well proves that point. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. We it, did start condensing them down to the best of, but all the files were blank. So we just- <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, uh, uh, Curtis, the you were talking about before with the the thing that uh, Alan Huffman was doing with his data. Uh, little glitch thing about data statements. Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled out XROR and I typed in a quick program and ran it and it, it throws a syntax error because I'm reading a, a numeric variable and it's treating the data uh, token as a string. Okay, so it does so it throws the same a, bug on... Okay. It does throw an error, yeah. It, no, it doesn't print... well. Well, because it's misinterpreting, but it's it's actually misinterpreting the line and trying to read the word data as actual data. So it's it's still right. Like, exactly. Now you're trying to read an American as figure. string data because yeah. it's giving me an error because I'm reading into a numeric variable. I bet if I change line twenty to read a, a string, string variable, it'll so yeah. So if you put something in parentheses first, then it'll probably work. But um... Hey John, what what's that uh, shovel used for behind you? I don't remember what we used that for. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot that's of a, crap around, or it's a snow shovel. Oh uh, God! Just, yeah, if you want to see several feet of it, you know, just sitting on my lawn right now, come on over, Duran. Oh, you can geez. check it out. Yeah, we had a bit of a like two day snowstorm here. It's uh, it's all not all of it, but it's uh, much of it's melted away. The streets are all clear and everything, and um. It so looks like a so black beauty. 
<laughs> what is this snow you speak of? <laughs> Crazy stuff. Yeah, so I changed it to a string variable, uh, and it's, it no longer throws a syntax error, but it throws a graphics character in with the, okay. with the output. The token. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, so this, and just part. so you guys know, this show's token is David Ladd. So. Um. <laughs> <laughs> driveway, driveway, driveway. <laughs> 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 oh my God! So I think we've uh, we've run out of stuff to talk about for one week. And is anything else we need to say in closing? Did we already lose Simon? Simon kind of came and went. Okay. Yeah, he said he was kind of pressed for time today. So okay. he's going to try to get the madman on. I, I will say it's going to be a, an interesting show next week because there's two big presentations. Nick Morantis has his big program announcement, and uh, we've got the OU. So uh, definitely Crikey. check out next week. Crikey, crikey, crikey. It's gonna be a six-hour one, except no, I, I guess we actually have the other show to do too. So <laughs> and it's then gonna the be... game. We're gonna go ahead, Ron. We're going through all the documentation to EOU. We will. We'll, read, we'll do dramatic <laughs> readings. Yeah. Read it ahead of time and have your question. Ron, Ron, are you volunteering to be the narrator? <laughs> yeah, read it in your best Shatner. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Does it do we facts now? Just don't take the nerve well, at the end of the wee facts. Uh, okay, Ron said we br- we facts. Everybody take a drink. drink. Everybody do a shot. Right? So it's, uh, ease of we facts. Uh, excellent, excellent. Well, we're, we're getting we're getting away with much less than four or five hours this week. We've only done a scant three hours. Um, so oh, no. leave, leave, the audience, leave the audience are wanting to kill themselves less. So is what I say. So. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for being here, uh, Allison, our newest member to the panel. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Danny and Mark Overholzer. And we lost Nick Morota, but L. Curtis Boyle, thank you for the news. I'm here. Nick, uh, Nick <laughs> Mar- I meant to say Nick Morentes. We lost Nick Morentes. Sorry. We ever Nick lose Mar- Nick Morota. We get too Marotta. many Nicks. Um, yeah, we <laughs> yeah, one are. Of them, one, of them, one of them nicked off. Oh, you got a camera, too. There's the video. Oh, yeah. Live video. Hello, hello, hello. So oh, yeah. We- I actually threw something on for the occasion. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, clothing is <laughs> oh, optional. Oh, nice see you, Allison. <laughs> clothing is optional on this show here. So, uh... <laughs> Are you sure? What? What? Hold I'm still. I'm just sliding this out. You're opening a can of worms there, Stevie. Oh, dear God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We could scare a few people off, I think, with, with, with that. <laughs> so the game, this week, way to put it. The, the hey, game this week is Color Car Action, right, Nick? Yes, it, and what, I just got a nice note from uh, from David thanking me for making that. He and Joshua will be having fun with that game this week, so I, I'm really glad to glad to make people happy with the choice, the uh, game choices. Yeah. And don't Alice, forget to get that the makes up- it worth it for me when yeah. other people are having fun with it. Yeah, Alice, our, is that laser discs back there? Our albums over your shoulder, Behind over you. your left shoulder. Are those albums, LPs, or laser discs? Laser discs. Asking you. Asking who? Allison. 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 Oh, oh Allison. sorry. Yes. Uh, these are these are LPs. LPs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I got a player just above them. <laughs> okay. Curtis, you go. you're going to say something about the game on? Yes, I was just going to mention uh, for those of you that have color car action back from the old days, don't forget to get the uh, upgraded versions. Um, they are pinned in dis- like. They are pinned in Discord because this game. Uh, I don't normally like to pin games in Discord, but if they're um, this one has the blessing of the author. And uh, yeah, so if you look at the pin, check the pins, and you'll find the optimized versions. Or and they definitely play smoother and better. So I just wanted to yeah. emphasize it. It actually makes the gameplay better. So or Curtis's site, which reminds us that Buzzer Bait is better than Lancer. Yeah, um, not in my version, man. <laughs> so 
history has been made. We've got two women on the panel. Thank you for doubling that quota in all in one show there, Allison. Appreciate oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the world will never be the same. Uh, L. Curtis Boyle, thank you for all you do each and every week. Thank you for your news and for Nitrous 9 and all that good stuff. Mark Overholzer, I'm not sure what we should be thanking you for, but I'm sure it's something. That for wearing awesome your, your, your goggles, yes. Danny, thank uh, you yes. for being you and for your music and your spirit and all that you do. Round Delvaux, yep. uh, Mark Zuckerberg really appreciates all the ad revenue you generate with your plethora <laughs> of Facebook groups. So keep his billions coming in. Patrick Eulin, Rick Eulin, thank you. And Paul T. Barton and John Lowry and Nick Morota, Nick Morota, Nick Morota, and Jason Reichert and Mark Bosley, Brian Weasler, Allison Deneu, Brian the Music Man Shubing, Alan Murphy, Sloopy Malibu, David Ladd. Uh, we had with us earlier Nick. Marentes was here. We had a few people come and go. Simon <laughs> so Jonathan. We, we're yeah. getting straightened out once. once yes, 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 eventually. yes. We've got people. We've only been here for three years. David years Lord now. is in the live chat and Truth Seekers, a AC's 8-Bit Zone. We started off the show. What did you guys think of the new uh, electronic Coco Talk theme by it Bruce Moore? It was great. I loved it. I thought it was great. Really yeah. good. Beautiful. Yeah, I missed it. Um, we could uh, we could play us out on that. So we'll do final thoughts, and then I'll uh, I think because now with the new OBS I can actually scrub through the video. So I'll start the intro, but I'll scrub through it and play it as an outro. Does anybody have any parting thoughts for the folks at home? Any words of wisdom? Anything? Anyone? Bueller? 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 Yeah. Car? Action! 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 <laughs> I do. Never hand solder a resistor that looks like this. It looks like a stick of gum. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's like seven of them in that little oh. shop there. It's that, uh, 0201. Exactly. Oh, exactly. that's 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 a uh, 0201s just to give everybody a sense of scale are smaller like than uh, fly dung. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Pretty much. <laughs> Ten of them on yeah. a grain of rice, pretty much. So yeah, yeah. and, and get, ma madness change, that yeah. way goes. <laughs> Jason, you handle a lot of fly dung. I'm just trying to relate to the common oh. person <laughs> <laughs> using a sense of scale. Oh. One does not simply handle fly dung. <laughs> you experience fly dung. You, you, melt, it with, you melt it with a soldering iron. Yeah. What's that, Allison? Most people probably sit on it every single day. Yeah. We're, we're less than a month out from uh, the uh, uh, trash talk. Uh, they're going to announce the prize uh, or, or the, the contest winners. Uh, yeah, for the programming oh. contest, yeah. Uh, and you, you've got an entry the in there. Podcast. Yeah. Oh, do we get to vote for that? Can we vote for you? I think they they, they decide to you know amongst themselves. Oh, okay, okay. So the guys they had a better turnout this year. I think they said it was roughly split between Coco and the Model One Three crowd, and there was like at least three or four entries of each. Yeah, this year, yeah. Which last year they only had a couple entries total. They they said in their their current podcast they mentioned it, and they said there were a couple of that the Coco guys really uh, uh you know came on in force when it came to the game contest, and that a couple of the basic programs uh, they they've said in the podcast were uh, were very were very promising, and uh, you know so it looks like uh, one of us might have gotten it. Oh, excellent! Nice. At least according to the current podcast, which came out I think on the fifth. Yeah, they do it live on YouTube too. If you catch them at the right time, if you subscribe and hit the bell too, so you can actually interact with them in the chat room on the occasions they actually look at it. Cool. All right, and for those who don't know, Allison is who gave us the Fletcher sock puppet commercial. Can we get a you'll go far Fletcher from oh, you? Oh, really? 
You don't go far, Fletcher. <laughs> so Allison gave us the uh, Fletcher sock puppet commercial, and we played a couple of your song parodies today. The uh, Pull Me Closer, Flying Lancer. Which yeah, they're, they're from... a little bit more, I don't know, they're not as high level as your Samuel Gimes stuff. But... <laughs> uh, what yeah, do you mean and... by high? Right, and our uh, <laughs> the subtlety, the the nuance. It's yeah, just not how the, about we do this? Ken Ken Reichard has reminded me of something. So hold on, just a second. We're not done here yet. Had enough of 2020? Well, now you can get the Nightmare oh, Highway. Oh, yeah. Nightmare Highway. Coco Fest Edition <laughs> digital copy for a buck off until the end of the year. Buck off. Buck off. <laughs> but this buck edition off. never appeared at Coco Fest. Buck off. <laughs> Was it the original version free? Buck off. Oh, yeah. Haven't you been pushing this trash for over a year now? Buck off. Get it at kenscococorner.itch.io. Remember, you've still paid too much. I didn't know he could Wait. make that funnier. <laughs> the original game was free. That's pretty good. The original game was like free that. and it's a buck off. Shouldn't he be paying us a buck to take the game? I mean, yeah, he should. Buck off. Buck off. <laughs> Do you think a sound and speech cartridge would say that? Well, buck off. It's probably. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I should try that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to attempt to do this. I'm going to attempt to scrub through to get to the Coco Talk uh, new theme song to play out as our outro. So bear with Make me. Make sure here. you scrub behind are, your ears. Are, are we going to have an after dark sometime in the uh, future? We might play. We might play some games tonight. Or games. Oh shit! <laughs> this is not doing the right song. I got to fix this shit. I, I think Allison's okay with that. I yeah. got a tab on your on your desktop there. Yes. <laughs> Baby, <laughs> well, enjoy that I while I get my shit together here. Uh, so, so I better just, pack a lunch as much. Ah! Just, just remember, this is a professional show. <laughs> Where? I really I like that song. <laughs> How many episodes is this? 189. Open minds and courage. We still can't get it right. Yeah. yeah. Open minds and courage. Sense of humor recommended. There we go. If any off-color comments were made, and strange enough, we're people sorry. still watch up to show it. See it. We're still sorry. Hi, this is Dale Leader, designer of TRS80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. The world premiere, the latest Coco Talk theme song, everybody. Oh, you got one. How about that, Jeff? We started off the show with it. Yep. And be This is Coco Talk, the only show in the world featuring David Ladd. It's time to grease your weasel and do whatever your weasel, because we're about to rock your 8-bit world. It broke my Insert guitar solo here. I need to get some sound drops like dry wire. <laughs> 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 
Drywire, TTL, <laughs> RF-232. <laughs> oh, I just like breaking stuff. <laughs> and there's Tina. Hey, Tina. All right, there it is again. That is so cool. Yeah. I we really love that. start the show and we close the show. Hey, Tina Overholzer. Or Tina, not Overholzer. I forgot if you took his name. Hey. Mrs. Mark. Mrs. Mark. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Hey, Tina. <laughs> All right, guys. And thank you to our live audience, Canadian Retro Things, and Brian Joyce and 8 Bits in the Basement. And uh, Ben Drakes was out here. David Ladd, David Lord, Truth Seekers, and Mark Overholzer, and Brian Joyce, Extractors Productions. James Jones has been out there. Salvador Garcia was out there. David Craker was out there. So many people. Tim Franklin, David Lord, Ken Reichard. Can he make it? I don't know. And so, so, so many people. Frodo and L was out there. Um, Boat of Car was out there. Salvador, I think we mentioned Salvador. And all kinds of people. Thanks for being here today on the show each and every week. Quality entertainment for what you pay for it, you just can't complain. Uh, say goodbye, everybody. I'm going to press the button. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Press the Bye. button, Frank. Goodbye, everybody. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off, you mother buckers. 